Covino and Rich. I'm the smartest man alive! Best of the week. You gotta be kidding me. You guys are dumb. Honestly, how do I deal with you every day? Uh, I don't know. Covino and Rich. Best of the week. Hold back your excitement. It's like working with a dummy. Only on Faction Talk 103. Covino and Rich. I heard all about it on the radio. Best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. All around the world, statues crumble for there he is! What's up, buddy? The glory and renown is long overdue! Long, long overdue! Hey, buddy. Let's welcome for the first time, I believe. I mean, we've chit-chatted for years in the hallways. Wait, you're trying to say he's never been in the studio I don't this? think so. We've we- been fans for a long time. I remember, like, yesterday buying this album. So we actually only- going to the CD store. Wait, and now saying- he's on the show. You're saying we've only had personal conversations? I think so. I, no. I-, I think we've passed in the hallways like ships in the night. We go, yeah. dude, we got to get you on the show. And yes. then I go, I'm just waiting for your call. And it... It never came. Uh, never came. No, but we love you, man. Let's welcome for the first time. Wow. Mark McGrath, I can't everybody. believe that. Honored to be part of the show. I love you guys, as you know that. Dude. And uh, you guys are killing it, man. We love Covino you, man. and Rich, Ooh. man. I'm on the show. I made it the big time. You kidding me? Took Let me a tell while. You, I, I mean, it's so funny because I... I Hear your voice because I listen to nineties on nine a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Mark McGrath one twenty, that's my shit. <laughs> Songs with a what do you call it a uh, a motif? You with the motif you or a common you, thread? You use the word motif way more than anyone else I know. I do because I'm French. Motif. You know what's weird about that show too? I do it in my uh, my my closet of my master bedroom and. Insert your own joke there. Yep. Uh, and I, and I, I, I'm sitting here with all my shoes. I'm looking at my dog staring at me. And I'll start singing Whitney Houston. I'll go, oh, I always love you. Woo! And I'll forget. And I'll send the show. And I'll forget. And I'll be driving, listening to it. And I go, oh, my God. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. Everybody on social media is like, dude, stop singing. I know. I'm, like, I'm a singer. It's what I do. By the way, you do a great job, man. Great singer. You're a great host. A great TV host. You're great here on SiriusXM. Um, you know, we saw you just recently. I don't know if you knew this, but we did put it on social media. Uh, we actually flew with the man who sings "I Just Want to Fly." Uh, yeah, we, from we, Vegas, we were on the like, plane from Vegas. Oh, did you do a sneak? Yeah, not yeah. come say hi. Weird. No, we were well, like you. Yeah, everyone was de—it's uh, deboarding. Right deboarding. Yeah, everyone's getting off the plate at the end. We're de- bro- deplaning. Deplaning. That's what. Yeah. Uh, no, deboarding, Mark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, my deboarding you, you Rich. You, you were uh, you were three <laughs> rows ahead of us on uh, at Burbank Airport and. We were like, there's Mark McGrath. And of course, we made the, oh, we're flying with Mark McGrath. How yeah, fucking I don't right. know. Right. If that. I don't hear that every time I'm on a plane, I go, yeah. I just want to fly. I'm like, it's with cute. Mark McGrath. It's like uh, that, 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 that Foo Fighters video when they're walking by and yes. the girl looks at him and goes, oh, and the yes. guy hear them say, it's, it's sweet. But it, it's, uh-huh. I've actually had uh, someone, I'm going to take this to a really weird turn right now. Uh, after 9 11, uh, and I know this, uh, I hear the brakes squeaking, but uh, this is a pretty important yeah. part about the fly. Uh, a lady came to me on the plane about probably a year, a year after the, uh, uh, of the of the date and she handed me a note and so I, I you know I, she goes read this later I go okay so um I, I read the note and I'm gonna cry thinking about it uh, and I started reading the note and it was about how she lost her husband in the 9-11 attack she said they used to listen to the song fly and she's been afraid to fly and for some reason you're on this plane because my husband and I used to love oh you and all this and I goodness I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna stop That's I shouldn't have brought this up though. but it was just the wow. heaviest no, thing I love it just to pick a gnarly turn from the the the, the joke of it to like how serious music can be and how can affect people so that really wow. was gnarly for me i'm sorry to put the brakes on the show you, you guys but and imagine how she must have felt like and here he is mark mcgrath and i'm flying with him 
That's him. It, nuts. It was just gnarly because they, you know, they that was their song and they talked about it and then just to be on the same plane. So I, I'm sorry to put the no, in the don't. Same plane. And, we're and gonna, I'm crying now. No, no, I, was gonna, I was like, can we not make uh, Mark McGrath like, cry? Is That's he really goal. crying? Because yeah. I'm gonna have to turn away. I feel bad about it. Do you guys have a makeup uh, makeup <laughs> runner? My blush is running. I want to talk music and I know you got new music. This is great. And I want to talk also about how great Burbank Airport is. Now, I mean, going there is the best though, isn't it? Versus LAX. My goodness, it's the greatest thing in the world. I'm going to LAX right now because my plane's at 4 p.m. today, so I'm leaving six hours early. Exactly. To get over the there. Worst. Burbank is such a nice, clean little jam. And Southwest, dude, they've got it together over there, <laughs> what man. Were you, what were you doing in Vegas, by the way? Were you at the Pacquiao fight? We, I, that's what we were there for. I was going to perform at the Go Pool at the Flamingo. Ah. I don't want to brag, but ah. they had Coolio on Sunday night. So nice. here we go. Nice. This is the company I keep. Nice. You know what I'm saying? You know what? You are very synonymous with, with that era and that decade. In fact, I remember an encounter you and I had, and you were like, hey, what are you guys talking about? And I'm like, oh, we're having like a throwback Thursday. We're talking about like 90s rock. He's like, well, why am I not on a show? If my face doesn't say 90s, nobody does. He goes, my face says 90s. I remember you saying that to me. I cracked up at it. And my hair certainly does, right? I'm still rocking the highlights. Dude, you, you know what's back. cool? You look great, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, very kind. I want to take it back to 97. That's when Floyd came out, right? Yeah. Did yep. life change for you in 97? Overnight. Overnight, Overnight right? Literally like on a Friday, I could walk through the Beverly Center Mall, and it was no big deal. And that by that Monday or Tuesday, there, there was a scene. And it was just, it, and it fly hit all the genres on yeah. radio. Triple A, hot AC, pop. Uh, it started alternative, went to rock. At one time, the video fly was on VH1, MTV, and BET. And that crossed over every genre, Everywhere. like you said. Wow. Pop, Everywhere. rock, everything. Yeah, and it was just one of those songs that just was like a like a, like a like a supernova, dude. It just blew up, and it, you know, it made all our dreams come true. Not, not only, like crossed over genres generations too because i remember playing that song i'm about 20 years old i went to buy it went to the cd store probably ripped off columbia house for a penny <laughs> right you remember that you and me both yeah and uh I they're remember still even, sending me stuff i remember my mom loving that song because i was playing it all the time right so 97 i do remember this too well first let me ask you about fly yeah all around the world, statues crumble for me. It's one of the fucking coolest lines. What does it even mean? You know, where did that come from? We've we've never talked about this. I know right. this is an old conversation, but no, no, I'm happy to talk in, about. Man. Always happy to talk about. You know, fly kind of all around the world. <laughs> statues <laughs> crumble for me. It just sounds so badass. I don't even know what it means. You just broke rule number one. You sing it better than I do oh, in front up. of the artist. You know, shut up. Uh, you know, flies about escaping. You know, and I was thinking about. I didn't write the chorus. Our drummer did. When I first heard the song, it was not like we hear today. It was the vibe thing, and he was going like in a falsetto, going. Oh, I just want to fly. And I, I was like, oh my God, I hate this. I want to quit the band. And so I, I go, let me see what I can do. There's something there. People seem to like what was happening. So I put some verses to it and I was thinking about escaping you know, all around the world. Like, what aren't I? Well, I'm certainly not a superhero. I'm not like crunching through buildings and knocking them down. So I just kind of, I kind of put the words together and it just was like a stream of consciousness. And my mom was alive and well at the time, you know, but remember the Gilbert O'Sullivan song, Alone Again Naturally? Alone yeah, again, of course. 65 naturally. years old. My yeah. mother, God rest her soul. That, that, lyric always stuck in my head when I was a little kid uh, driving in the summers in my mom's car or in a dentist chair. I'd always hear that song in a <laughs> dentist chair. And so I went 25 years old, my mother got rest so instead. And so I, there was sort of oh, a, shit. Yeah, a little, that was a little nod to Gilbert so That's so cool. I feel so dumb. <laughs> we never, never connected the dots. Oh, yeah. like, we had bare naked ladies on the show. They're the best. And, and they were, uh, what did they say? Chickeny China, the Chinese chicken was a Busta Rhymes line what is Chiggity, it? chocolate, chocolate, chicken, whatever he says. And I never uh, connected what those dots. I didn't know either. In scenario. I have been living a lie. <laughs> right, right. Oh, really. my God. Wait, wow, you so got that from Busta Rhymes in scenario? Oh, shit. Yeah, we I mean, When you think that. about it, yeah. The cool thing about Bare Naked Ladies, I used to, you know, when I needed to, I'd have a hotel pseudonym, if you will. And my pseudonym was Jim Shorts. Because <laughs> I'm a really funny guy. Get it? <laughs> 
bare naked ladies thought that was the funniest thing they've ever heard. <laughs> that and is they, funny. Though. They put it in their song "Pinch Me," where they go, "I walk out with my gym shorts on." And that's actually a part oh, of the really? verse. You know oh, that? Yeah. yeah so it's that's in the hit of the Bare Naked Ladies. So shout out to those guys. I love those guys. So we learned. All right. So, so you're the superhero. You just want to fly. What's the statue part, though? The statue's part, like, you know, I was thinking about, like, I was getting deep, philosophical. I was going right. like, through, like, you know, uh, generations past, like a Roman Caesar, like, uh, you know, how, like, you know, erosion of generations and, 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 uh, you know, uh, uh, people and 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 just armies and it just it was like I was just filling my head with weird stuff. I just thought it sounded cool, right? Too, That's you know it? what I mean. That, but what does it mean to you then? Like all around the world, statues come for you. Like you're such a fucking badass. They literally crumble when you walk by because you're the man. You know, Kavino, I made the mistake mistake once of telling someone literally what a song meant, and yeah. the person broke down in front of me, and started crying. Oh, it was a, a girl, and she goes, "I thought it was about my aunt June and coming into the thing <laughs> oh, at the party and Thanksgiving." <laughs> oh. And so, like, lyrics are up for interpretation. I know that's an leave easy it. way no, out. No, but leave it. No, but right? just just yeah. leave it. What does it do to you? Do you does it put a vibe into your soul, it man? It's like a badass. Yeah, I love so it. you know what? Let it make you feel yeah. like a badass. You know what there else you made go. me? You know what else <laughs> made me feel like a badass? I probably have the typical story of 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm a badass. Statues are crumbling. So you feel that way. Feel that way. Did you have highlights? I oh, did actually. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I did too. You know, you have to. Come on, it's yeah. a safe place. Thanks to you. We're in the safe. No, we're in the next. I worked, in, I worked in pop radio. I worked at Z100 for five years in the early 2000s. You know, I had highlights. <laughs> it was mandatory to have highlights at Z100. Yeah. Spot, cue up RPM from I think, Florida. I think our, RPM. Pal, uh, our pal Paul Cubby Bryan had highlights. And even he didn't oh. have hair. Everybody did. <laughs> Mark McGrath is here, Sugar Ray, Cavino, and Rich. Now, this was the follow up to fly. Dude, I we remember, knocked the wigs back. I remember buying this album, like I said. And, and I'm expecting the fly sort of vibe, which is everyone's sort you of and story. You everybody else. Right. And I'm like, wait a second. This is Sugar Ray? And I think that's a big misconception. Like, you guys were, you you were balls out at that time. Well, you know what happened is when Nirvana came out. Yeah. Anybody with a distorted guitar and a, a Les Paul was getting signed. If you didn't know how to play your instruments, the better. You know, if you didn't know how to write songs, the better. So we kind of got caught up in that glut of that big, gigantic signing where they were just throwing bands up against the wall. So we got signed, and we didn't know how to play our instruments. We didn't know how to write songs. So we kind of had to figure out as we went along. And we just dipped into our punk background, coming from Orange County. County, the whole TSOL, Vandals, Black Flag, even though they're you know, from L.A., that whole that whole DNA was part of uh, who we were when we started. So as we got better, we're like, oh, what does this Beatles chord do here? You know, and we got better as we were signed. So we almost did it back uh, in a backwards capacity. But that that RPM is us like kind of an ode to the past, but kind of going forward. That song doesn't get enough credit. Well, I, I thought I it was fun. Will. I thought it was fun. That's you know? a fucking dope song. Uh, Z100 didn't think it was that fun. No. <laughs> Dude, that song what, is, is what, a balls out song. You know, something we you, we never realize as fans is what songs you guys love versus the ones the the, fa- the, the fans loves, like yeah. are, are different sometimes. Like, you, you know, you go to a concert, you're like, hey, why is that band playing that song? Yeah, maybe they fucking like it. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, like, uh, exactly. You know? <laughs> I mean, we, look, we have to exercise artistic uh, freedoms too, people. Yes. No. But I always think that's kind of like, you know, look, you give the people what they want. Yeah. You know, you're never going to hear a jazz interpretation of Flyer every morning. You're going to hear him. In fact, you're going to hear him twice a night when we play mm-hmm. him. We're like Don Ho playing Tiny Bubbles three times a night. You know? <laughs> now, the, speaking of every morning, is that a is that a love song? A heartbreak song? I, I was trying... This, see, you were listening to Flyer. If he tells you, you might cry. Yeah. I might cry, but I... I <laughs> a lot of crying going on today. <laughs> the other, no, the other day I said, uh, oh, we're having, you know, we're having Mark McGrath on later this week. Let me go through all the Sugar Ray that I have on my phone. And I started listening to songs. And, and I'll, I'll let you know what my favorite is. Not that you give a shit in a minute, but... Is this your biggest hit or is Fly the biggest hit? Uh, 
If you this had is a- bigger on streaming, but Fly was bigger. I mean, they both went to number one. Yeah. I mean, I guess they can't get much bigger, can they? Fucking great, um, though, dude. <laughs> that awesome. guy. That guy. <laughs> the, Fly, Fly was at number one longer, okay. but this one, I mean, this this, this song I have so much affinity towards because it took us off that one-hit wonder cruise. Right, right, you know, right. We could be playing Shuffleboard right now with Kaju Gugu if it wasn't for this song. <laughs> right. And by the way, I love Kaju Gugu, and that's not a bad way to live, you know, but it's not th- something you want to do 24-7. Right. Um, so that song means a lot to me. And it's, it's basically about relationships. You know, we all had girlfriends when we were writing these songs, but we were also traveling around the world Who yeah. being that part? young and stupid. Uh, that is actually our producer, David Kahn. Really? And he produced a Walk Like an Egyptian uh, by, oh, by the Mangles. Did he whistle that part too? Yes, he did. Shut the fuck and, up. Yes, he did. He's and, the most famous whistler of all time. He's got two number one whistles. Are you kidding me? And so he went out there to whistle the the fly uh, the every morning part, and he goes, I haven't whistled since uh, Walk Like an Egyptian. And I go, that's a good sign. Whistle up. Don't tell me he did the Billy Joel song. And what is it? Oh, uh, Scenes from an Italian restaurant? <laughs> yeah, that, that one he wasn't available for. Did he yeah. do, uh, what is Patience. it, uh, the Scorpions? Oh, oh wind. wind wind of change, not wind. winds. Because wind yeah. the change. Germans, they mess it up. Wind of change. Yeah. Wow. So this is the same guy. Same guy. That's him. That's crazy. That is not the Bengals. That's a man. You know what? It's a. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a completely irrelevant side note, but. <laughs> I don't think that guy. You know, it's a good thing. All-time whistle song. Yeah, that's how we're gonna make a playlist. I don't think. uh, I don't think that guy will ever get the credit for having a whistle in multiple songs. And if he told someone, they wouldn't believe him. We met a guy once, and and this is my story. We met the guy that invented the the first down line in football. You know how you watch on TV the first downs, the yellow lines. He's He's like, yeah, I'm the guy invented, and I sold the rights to the NFL, and this. And I'm thinking like. No one will ever know. Like, that changed watching football. You know no what that ever... guy means to me? I don't <laughs> even know him. So without you, we'd be guessing where the first down is? <laughs> no, so, funny. like, this guy whistled on multiple big songs with different, you know. It should say featuring David Kahn. It should. It was that important to the song. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It really added that little bow at the end. Why doesn't it, it, though? Yeah. You could have made that happen, no? I his whistle, something about the timber of his whistle oh, every I morning. Mean, featuring listen, David Kahn on a whistle. You know, sometimes you take like triangle people are important. Yes. Let's go through more uh, Sugar Ray discography. That's fun. Hold on. Uh, oh, every- by the way, with the other morning thing, there's yeah. this sort of like thing online that somehow the halo is a condom. I mean, the way the kids are kind of th- th- taking these things, these little crazy millennials. I mean, mm-hmm. they're like, so dude, that song's so gross about hanging a halo up on your girlfriend's oh. four-post bed. That's, that's a where condom, it's gone. right, dude? I'm like, yeah, dude, that's Mark, exactly it's it. Magnum. Mark's like, you think we wore condoms? Yeah. Magnum. <laughs> Mark Taylor's used condoms. Condoms. How dare you? Hey, by the way, when you, do you do you? I mean, do you look back? I got a monthly visit that proves I didn't. Do, do you have? Do you have? Uh, you know the same feelings we have because I think it's ra- we rationalize. But when we were in our twenties, like we feel like you know when you had girlfriends, you did, did dumb things on the side. Yes. You look back and say, oh, "I was in my twenties." Is that just us rationalizing that we weren't it always is. great? Great, but we weren't always good guys. It, yeah, because it's such a douchey move, you know. In yeah. retrospect, like I feel so bad about like some of the things I've done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like it keeps me up at night. Um, but you know, I'm, but the yeah, but dude, my you, wife were you now, in I'm, position though to really say no? You know, you're a rock star, listen, super handsome, lead singer of a, uh, a band with listen two to you guys, ones. the most yeah. beautiful men in radio, <laughs> no, both of you. Man. I mean, thank you. That's oh, our tagline. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's our selling point. But I mean, thank you. you know, <laughs> Yeah, it must have been a crazy time of women and 
and dudes singing your songs. Everybody loved you. It was pretty fun, man. Right. I'm not going to lie. Like, I didn't get into this for the music, and I want you to hear this little raked arpeggio I'm doing on my guitar here. And this, listen to this harmony, how it's kind of off key. It wasn't me. I was in my garage learning Judas Priest songs, going, how do I get to the arena and get backstage? That's yeah. all I cared about. And so we definitely had our fun, and we still have our fun. And yeah. Of course. We started to have fun. Look at Sugar Ray. You know, look at Sugar Ray and break us down like Dream Theater. You know what I mean? We're just mm-hmm. a band. We had some hits, and we got lucky. We're just a bunch of dudes that got super lucky, and that's, that's it. Really and so cool. we sampled the wares, and when I showed up to work backstage there, there was two cases of beer, a couple bottles of booze, and I never wanted to be you know, rude to their host. You know what I mean? So I wanted to sample the wares and make sure we had some fun. So it was all part of it, man. You know, in the 90s, were a different time. It's different now, yeah. but we certainly had a lot of fun. I always picture, I mean, I don't want to get all dirty on you, but I always picture when you're a rock star of that caliber and you're hot in that moment. Moment. There are there are probably nights when you were on the country and it's like, that's the hottest girl in the arena. And you're like, you, come hang. And she's like, okay. And you're like, that was easy. I'd love to say that didn't happen. <laughs> I would love to say that didn't I'm happen. I'm glad that it did, though. No, and, oh. and like, you have like, and it, you hear the cliches and like Van does Halen. It, does it all. feel empty after a while in those moments? Like when you when you were a single guy they or whatever you're doing? Empty knobbers. Empty knobbers. <laughs> empty knobbers. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Feel so empty inside. That took a second to get. <laughs> you know when you wake up super guilty and hungover? Yes. And then you go through the list of apologies, you make them. Yeah. And then yeah. on three o'clock, you're getting your second win back. And then that first beer hits, and you forget everything you learned <sighs> the night before. Yeah. So, no, you never learn. There's people like they're techs, that, not roadies. They are techs. Yeah. Do not call them roadies. It's a, it's offensive. So, guitar techs or drone techs, some of their job would be to look at the women in the audience and find the best ones and bring backstage. I shamefully admit that, but that was just part of Part the, of it. You, you're going to mention Van Halen too, though. What yeah. were you gonna say about Van Halen? Well, they they were the OGs. David Lee Roth. I literally had a person like, here's the passes. Your job is to go pick up the hot chicks. That is your job only. Wow. That is your job description. You know? Did you live your dream? I I definitely did. And then careful what you asked for because I found myself in the Hollywood Hills around 2004, 2005. I'm like, I've opened for the Rolling Stones. We sold millions of records. Written number one songs. Why aren't I happy? You know what I mean? It's like because oh. the journey was over. Do, do you know uh, what got I'm saying? It. Yeah, like, of course. I don't mean to be like wise Confucius no, here. No, I, I just, love that. It's all, and then, and then my kids. I had kids. You know, I have nine-year-old twins. And then I'm like, oh, I get it again. I'm on a journey. It's hard. It's fun. It's impossible. And that was it. You know, I was sitting up the hills, going, why aren't the happiest guy in the world? I got dough. Mm-hmm. I've got an SL sitting on pros out in the garage. <sighs> you know what I mean? It's like, why aren't I? Ha-? And then that was it. So we're always chasing something. Then the day, dude, if you're not happy inside, uh, and I'm not trying to get Tony Robbins on you, but I've been to the mountain, man. You know those things you thought you'd make you make yourself happy necessarily. They might not. That's great to hear because you know, like we, we always reference Jim Carrey. Now we could reference someone that we actually know because Jim Carrey, <laughs> you know, because when he started to go a little nutty, yeah, and no, he was yeah. like, "Listen, I've, what 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 has Jim Carrey not done?" And he's like. That's not, that doesn't mean happiness. Yeah, no. I've seen some of his yeah. social media posts or just some interviews. Yeah. It's amazing. And like you're sitting there going, is this a character he's doing? Because it's so believable. Yeah. Right. And it's just who, who he is. So I think you find that out as you get later. People, young kids listen to me now are going, eh, you know, sugar Ray douche or whatever. I get it. But uh, as you get older, you just get, get wiser. <laughs> you know, and that, that is a good commodity to have when you have wisdom in your back pocket. But I'm still learning. So yeah. then what brought it? What brought it? The kid, my kids. The Once kids, I had the kids, family. and like then it was like, okay, I am a dad first. Everything else is a distant third. But you got a great bonus too with that kick-ass career behind you, you know, and but, it's still going. I, mean, it's fun. I like to say I have the you know the the best part-time job in the world, you know, and I'm certainly underworked and overpaid, you know, because like I, I can spend the week with my kids and go to you know coach basketball, do all the stuff out there, and then go on and, tour, and then, and then go on tour and right. things, pay in front of ten thousand people. But the second I get home, my wife's holding up a <laughs> dog poop bag on, <laughs> in the backyard. Some treats waiting for you. Hey, can we talk about, again, 97, and we'll talk about the new music, Mark McGrath on the Cavino and Rich Show. You you were a, a punk band, punk background, 
you made it with like a lot of pop rock hits. Yeah. What was the dynamic like with those grunge bands at the time? Did they sort of like not like you or oh, did yeah. you get along with them or the, did they think you were lame? People hometown don't like us. You really? Know, we were never cool. The problem is the thing, the great thing about Sugar Ray is we never had any credibility to lose. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? We never were part of a cool guy punk thing. And when I use the word punk, let's use it with quotations because yeah. you know, it was part of our DNA and part of our makeup, but we certainly weren't a punk rock band. You know, I like metal as much as I like punk. Judas right. Priest, you know, Iron Maiden. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm right there. So we were just, and we loved hip hop too. We didn't know who we were. We are kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none. And, you know, like I said, we had to learn as we went along. We got signed first and we're like, oh my God, we got to make a record. We have two songs. One's called Lick Me, the other's called Caboose. We, 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 we got an uphill climb here, fellas. And then we go, you know, we j- jump around. It was gigantic there. House of Pains, jump around, right? And we're like, oh my God, we love that. We want that sound. We want that vibe, you know. We'll, we'll tap into our Irish roots and all that stuff. And we reached out and got DJ Lethal from House of Pain to produce our record. And then we found out he didn't produce Jump Around. And we're like, well, let's work together. Thankfully, he's an incredible producer and a great guy. And yeah, uh, went on to Limp Biscuit and all that other stuff. Went on to yeah. Limp Biscuit yeah. fame. And we ended up making one of my favorite records, which was Lemonade and Brownies, which led to Floored. So we kind of tapped into that new metal thing right before it hit. And that led us to make a second record because we actually did like eight tours of Europe and won on our first record. Awesome. What's crazy is that you wrote a song that was after Every Morning and Someday. Yeah. Are you like living this song now? Because, that, dude, that's the most intuitive thing anybody's ever said to me. I'm out. Good night. Good night. Good night. You're going to give Rich all that credit? <laughs> the this Rich. Because this song Listen. was written about nostalgia from 20 years later viewpoint. When I, and it's about my now wife, who I am with, who was my girlfriend at the time, and we kind of cheated on each other. It wasn't all mm-hmm. stay, you know? And now we're here looking back, and I'm still glad you're here with me. Wow. Thank you, Rich. Look at I, that. I mean, are you kidding me? Listen. Rich of all people. I love this song, too. I'm going to cry again. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. I love it. It really is a great song, but yeah, it, it's... I remember playing that, and I'm like, well, they're still in the... In the Isn't that they're... weird? We're already looking forward to the nostalgia, the phase four of behind the music, and then they sued each other. You know, and we were already thinking about those times, then, at least I was, you know, because I know how fragile the music business is and was then, you know. Uh, but this song made me think, maybe we're going to stick around a little bit. Now we're three hit wonders. Now we're going to make up a new term for Sugar Ray. Right. Yeah. These guys might be hanging around a little now bit. Now you just you put know? yourself more longevity to perform at, uh, is, you know, festivals uh, and by the uh, way, reunion tours. Fest and taste yeah, of the like Is there a part of you that, uh, that thinks that from just the financial, I got to take care of my family standpoint, where the fact that, all right, you're wearing a one hit wonder. Oh, we got two. We got three. We got four. We got five. Knowing that, you know, now for the rest of our lives, there will be people that want to see us. Right. That's that, got to be like, in a way, right? I mean, it took a big, you know, it took a big sort of burden off my shoulders because you're sitting around the whole time, you know, trying to stay in the entertainment business, whether it's through hosting or, you know, you and was, the band. Because I imagine a band, they invested in you. Well, they, they were, there, was three of of, there was three of us that were the main songwriters in Sugar Ray. Our yeah. drummer, Stan, our guitar player, Rodney, and myself. So we were all in this together. You know what I mean? Uh, and if you're hanging your hat on a sexy rocker of 98, People Magazine, your, your, your career is going to last until 99. You know, <laughs> thankful, yeah. Thankfully, we wrote a few songs that people want to hear. And to this day, I mean, I'm leaving from, right from here. I'm going to Sterling Fest in Michigan. I'm playing uh, Prior Lake uh, Saturday night with the Better Nezra and, uh, and Tonic. So we still get to do all these great things. And I feel so lucky and blessed. But I'll always be able to do that and play these songs. Dude, you know what I mean? Not only I mean, for you, but like for us as the fans, 
as time has passed, those songs are starting to mean more and more. Like you just mentioned Tonic. If I heard them sing, if you could only see, I'd be like, oh. It you starts would. to hate you harder, oh, man. Yeah. I, I, saw, saw, I, saw, uh, I saw STP recently, and they were playing, uh, what, what song was it that got me? What? It was, it, yeah, this starts to hate you, though. And he sounds just like that. Oh, Emerson's fuck. a man. I forgot how much time has passed since I used to love that song. And you start to realize, like, holy shit, where's life going? Were you talking about Plush or Interstate Love Song? Which is the one that got uh, the uh... It was Interstate Love Song. Yeah, yeah it was Interstate. Dude, I saw yeah. him performing it live with their new lead singer. He can, and... kicking it. He can sing. Yeah, that Jeff sure. Good guy. You know, not, not, not to hang from your nuts, Mark, but you look great. You look very similar to you did back then. I watched uh, a couple bands I saw randomly that I, I had that feeling of oh my god we're getting older and uh, these guys are still bringing it gin blossoms and i saw weezer both of them perform in different places and i'm like man it's uh time is passing huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for which man both which yeah, I was gonna say, like, like yeah just like by you, the way though you maintaining is such a big part of it i, I would say don't you think don't well, you give well, yourself a little credit for like I'm glad I maintain because I can go out there with confidence and still perform. There is that. I mean, thank God my I still have my hair and stuff. You know, look, I like mac and cheese and pizza and beer like the next guy, man. Yeah. But I run four or five miles a day. Oh, Jesus. And, yeah. and, and I do it more for my, my mental health, too. Because right. when I start running, you know, the pieces of my life start coming into play. Like, oh, I got to call that dude. Oh, I shouldn't do that. Oh, that's that's a good idea for a song. Start you know thinking I mean? too much. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, actually in a good way. Like, okay. Like, stream of consciousness thinking where things just flow. So, I need to run. So, luckily, mm-hmm. it really helps the uh, staying fit. Because the thing about music, which is different than sports, we don't get to see athletes really grow old in front of you. You know, like, Michael Jordan would be playing basketball right now if he could. I promise you, yep. he would be. Yep. Bands can still perform. So, when you start seeing bands and losing their hair and the belly starts going over oh, the red oh, leather spot. pants. What's our favorite one? Talk smack and, and Put uh, other bands out there, but like oh, Motley Crue. No, did you have you seen, seen this? This? This, is, this is this upsets you. I've seen this. He can't even sing it anymore. And like they're fantastic. I'm not trying to make fun of them, but jeez, Louise. I I love this band with everything in my heart. Right. I, and I love Motley Crue. I love the movie The Dirt on Netflix. That was fantastic. I, I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. And that that is uh, that, that that's from oh. a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, can but, uh, can I ask you a question about your wife too? Of course. From her perspective, if she was here, how would she answer the question? Like, what's it like to have a, a song written about you that everybody knows? That like. That That's buys you like a lifetime pass of awesome, as far as I'm concerned. She's so humble about that and wouldn't even like but think isn't that about cool? that. I don't think she even thinks it's about her sometimes. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't, I mean, she recognizes it, but she doesn't like, she doesn't really talk about it. I mean, that'd be interesting. I'd, I'd be curious to hear the like, answer. Do you think Donna from, uh, you think Richie Valance's Donna cares enough that that song was written about her? Well, well she didn't stay with him, so I, I guess not. I feel like <laughs> no, she was ungrateful. I think we're saying How like, uh, even, even recently, I, I always thought that the band, what, the, the, the band Plain White Tea is like, hey there, Delilah. I'm like, she, Delilah doesn't give a fuck. She took he took her to the Grammys. <laughs> yeah. She got a little uh, to taste of yeah. it and said, "I'm out I'm here. Out. Yeah. You're still the same dude. I'm out." Man. But in a way, yeah. she's kind of Rosanna in by Toto. Yeah. I know. I mean, come on, Can you, she left I, him too, dude. That you can't put that. the name in there. You can't put yeah. the name in there. And the only song that I think I ever hear women singing about is Bill. Remember that oldie, Bill? Marry me, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few. Guys put their, <laughs> love guys put so. their hearts out there to write all these beautiful songs for these women. I feel like they're ungrateful about it. Even when guys are cheating, like Billy Paul, me and Mrs. Jones, he's still cheating. Yo, by the way, Bill must have been throwing it down oh, in the bedroom. God. <laughs> <laughs> he's throwing it down right spot. there. There's another one, too, about a Bill.
There is. I heard it the other day. Like, maybe there's another bill? No, maybe it's the same guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he really was throwing it down. You're right. Oh, what a man. great. And Marilyn McCoo is the most beautiful woman on earth, man. We, oh, that, my God. That way she comes, we come into that bill. You know, it's like he's right there with her. Oh, wow. Man, by the way, you're right about saying Mark looks great. Yeah. Um, because honestly, if you let yourself go, you like you look like our buddy Guy Fieri. Like, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, you know, people tell me I look like him every day. Do you know anyway. what? I, 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 I love the guy. This is no, so random, great. but I, you guys are buds, right? Because we went to his house and he proudly showed us a picture of you and him. He has on his wall at his house. I'm honored I to be that. on the wall. Yeah. I, look, I, Guy's a great guy. I got, no, no, yeah. no, I got to meet him at an event and we hung out for a long time. Just super down to earth and fun. And like, he gets like, he's kind of a bullseye for, I guess, douchiness, like kind of right. I am. <laughs> and I think there's a simpatico between us. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, dude, you got that too? You Honestly, know? <laughs> to be honest, it, you know, like, we're easy targets because we, we make fun of ourselves. Like right. When you start the narrative of making fun of yourselves, everybody jumps on it and then you're a safe place to make fun of because everybody likes sort of like is, mm-hmm. is, is cohesive on oh yeah that, yeah we all make fun of that dude yeah. and like I started that myself <laughs> you know I'm like you idiot why'd you do that I guess the highlights didn't <laughs> you, and guy, you and guys should go get lunch in Flavortown together <laughs> <laughs> no but we wasn't I was gonna say he's the greatest two, guy in the two, world too two of the he kindest really two of the kindest people are, honestly you and Guy Fieri two of the kindest people we've God. met over the 15 years of doing our show and you're right like some people pick people that it's fun to like bust their balls I think it's just easy know. and like there's, you're gonna get no clap back from anybody it's a safe yeah. place to make fun of and like that's fine I mean, I think Guy is really crying in his gigantic lagoon pool exactly. in one of his nine houses in Maui, right. worried that you're making fun of his highlights. Let, and by the way- Last time I talked to him, he was talking about all these new business he was opening. And right? I'm like, yeah, like you know, he's doing just fine. You know, and my leased house in Sherman Oaks, and I'm out there with my- uh, you know. <laughs> Hey, by the way, it's I, fa- I found a picture of you seven, a y- seven years ago. Oh, boy. And you looked the exact same. You were hosting, you were hosting the Hooters pageant with my wife. <laughs> That's seven years ago. Seven years ago. You look the same. Boy, your wife is beautiful. I'm like, look at me. She, your wife is so awesome. Yeah, we, she's I, the, such a sweet girl, man. We had so much fun hosting that, you know. And uh, but I'm like, man, you look the same. Well, there was a lot of makeup involved in that one. You <laughs> Do you know? like hosting? Do you like that part you, of your? You were You did the TV stuff. Was it extra? Or I ET? did extra yeah. from 2004 to 2008, um, and it was fun. You know, it got a little difficult. Like walking down the red carpet in extra has certain bullet points they want to mm-hmm. hit. You know, so you see Al Pacino walking down the red carpet, like oh, Al Pacino. Oh my God, mm-hmm. the guy's a legend. So you're so stoked, and you go, Oh my God. I'm about to ask this question to Al Pacino. And this happened. He's walking down. I go, hey, Al, I love the new uh, theater thing you're doing in Pasadena that we're never going to talk about, right? So I got to do 10 questions about that. Then I got to hit him with the uh, hour extra. So I got to ask you, what do you think about Kevin and Brittany breaking up? And he just looked at me and he just like, he just went, what, what, what? And he just went, you're better than that. And, oh, and walked oh, away. And that's when your heart breaks. And my soul is still somewhere over there on a red carpet oh. in Pasadena crying yeah. with me. So it's just, they, they it's, there. you know, the entertainment news is gnarly. Hosting is fun and all that, mm-hmm. but like having to hit direct, I like to just talk and have conversations. Yeah. You know, having to hit bullet points was a little, the, little the, Those red carpets always give me an anxiety. And I'm pretty comfortable doing most things, yeah. but to me, there's, especially a guy that's so accomplished like you, the idea of being at a red carpet, even though, even if you would have your regulars. for time. Like almost like, hey, can we get a minute? Can we get a it's minute? So like it's weird. fucking demeaning yeah. in a way. It's like really tough. I hate it. It's an but odd you, feeling. You want to know a uh, really odd feeling, Rich? Being on the other side, coming on the red carpet, and no one wants to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> we got Mark McGrath here. Like you're, we'll pass, we'll pass. you're, no. waiting, you're waiting behind Jamie Foxx for for a people, and you're like, I'm, I'm up next. <laughs> and then 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 like you know like Josh Groban comes behind you, or like you know Ryan Gosling, and you're like, I don't think they're gonna talk to me. And you just quietly go like, I, I'm gonna, I got, I'm gonna I go. run. I, I, hey, mom, mom. You know what I mean? So it's just. It's hey, there's two sides to every story. Bro. Mark McGrath, is it cool to know that 
<laughs> these big superstars that you just mentioned, Jamie Foxx, Al Pacino, all these people, you know, no matter how big they are, they know your songs. You know what I mean? Like everybody fucking at this point, everybody has heard at least one of your songs. That's kind of cool, no? I gotta say, you know, I'm the first guy to make fun of myself, obviously, make fun of the band, make fun of everything about Sugar right. and Mark McGrath. But we wrote four gigantic songs. Gigantic that songs. That were number one, right. top ten. You can never take you have that four away number from the ones? band. We have, we have two number ones, two number one ones. number three, one number seven, but who's counting? It's four mega hits. I want to throw out the my favorite Sugar Ray song. This I mean, is your favorite? every morning, someday, five, those are all great, but for some reason, the one I find myself singing along to, I'm like, yeah, this song just is fantastic. When it's over, when to it's me, over. it's just oh, like, it's great. such a great, it's a great summer song, just a great, uh, give, give us the scoop behind When It's Over. Well, again, it's about my wife, my now wife, when, yeah. it's, when it's over. Is I, she appreciative? Does she know this is about her? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I, again, being on the road and stuff, I, I, we, I'd mess up the foundation. I cheat or do something stupid. Yeah. And then I'd break up with her and go, I don't need you. And then I'd be on the road lonely, going, I love her. You know. And that's where the one it's over. I said, fall in love. Part came back again. But so relatable, by the way. Well, the, yeah. the great, it's, you know, it's with or without you. It's right. like you two did it better. We just kind of stole the concept, you know. But the greatest thing about this was um, I was sitting in my house once in, uh, in Hollywood Hills, and it was about 2001. The phone rings, and I never answered, you know, I, and the message picked it up, and it said, Hello, Mark. This is uh, Elton John. Um, uh, all around the world, uh, all things he used to do, all the world he used to do, have gone out the window. And he starts singing when it's over to me. and goes, It's Elton. Give me a call back in Atlanta. Just saying hello. And I went, What? <laughs> How to get my number? Who was that? Who? What happened? And of course, uh, the message got erased. Oh, you know what I mean? That's my, the worst. My housekeeper's like, I don't recognize. They, they, boop, and it was gone. But I was just like, those are some of the magical moments that happened in my career, and they're How still happening. John, get your number anyway. I don't. Elton right? John gets anybody's that? number. Right? You know what I mean? What you can turn him down? How cool is you that? Call the FBI and get your number. Elton John and I acknowledge the same uh, song. So the same just shows, song. Again, I'm so on Dude, point. You are. You know what? You <laughs> are so intuitive with Sugar Ray lyrics and uh, melodies. I, I had a question. Then. So so you got these four mega hits, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. everyone still wants to hear and still hear you perform. Was there one that you think is right up there? I'm sure there's a few, but one especially that you know, fucking just never got the credit it deserved? Well, there, there's a song called uh, Falls Apart that, that, that did get a little bit of run on turn of radio. Falls Apart. Falls by Yeah, that's a great song. Away, run away. I feel that, like, yeah. I feel like it's got lots a, of play. That's a great song. In rock radio. I worked in rock radio. It did. Got a lot of it, play. It, it did. It just people kind of forget we did this because right. it's a little different than the other stuff. But and you still perform it, though, no? All the time. Okay. This, this and Answer the Phone are kind of in the same kind of vibe. Answer, answer the Phone, you went up. You went more uh, faster tempo than your we, usual. We did. We picked it up a little bit. Um, You're right. This one doesn't get the credit though. Like it's got people forget. You never right? hear it. You never hear it in re- like recurrent right. radio or anything yeah. like that. You know. And this is a this, great song. This went to number 23, but who's counting again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, are you ours, the type? Ours is one. That's are one. you uh, uh, the song ours in 2002? Are you the type of guy? We go to your place. You know, you got the platinum records up. Was that an accomplishment for you? It, it was really fun and great, and they were up, and then we moved, and they're down. Now they're just somewhere. Like, yeah, and I'm, right. I'm not one of those guys. It's a doorstop in my bathroom. You know, I'm very appreciative of them. They're gold records. I remember right. when I first got it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so great. Now let's do some cocaine off it. Uh, <laughs> 
But it means a lot. I think I'm kidding. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, but these things are awesome. They're in my, you know, I got one from Uncle Cracker. I got one from Shania Twain. I somehow sneaked onto her greatest hits record, and I got one for like, here's oh, for 100 billion records sold. And I'm like, amazing. So, yeah, I love those things. And they'll, they'll come back again, but they don't define me. I'm not that guy that like says, look who I am. When you, I mean, you won't know I lived in my house, I don't think. Hey, dude, you, 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 for me, and I think a lot of people are just such a lead guy, right? Lead, lead singer. People thought you were Sugar Ray. That was the big story when yeah. you first came out. But you're Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray. Did you you play instruments? Like, are I you do. good? But are you good? No, or no, you're I'm not, not good. as good. Like the guys you play with are fucking great. Are, are great. They're, right. I got you know Dean Butterworth on drums, uh, Christian Tarr on bass, our Rodney Shepard, a guitar player. I mean, Rodney wrote some of those iconic riffs of the '90s. Every morning, fly. Someday, these riffs are like. That's I mean, crazy. I, I have nothing to do with them. He did it on his own, and they defined the generation of our type of music. You know, I, I play guitar on stage. I'm a serviceable guitar player, certainly not good, and I'm good enough to like write songs around it, and I'm good enough to enjoy it and, and like have fun with it. Took a long time though. Let's, let's talk about the new stuff, man, because we're yeah. running out of time. No, yeah, of course. Um, how did it happen? I mean, obviously, you guys have always been doing this, you know, but how was it getting back in the studio and working together and, and doing the whole process again? Yeah, as a band, you know, you do two things. You play live and then you write music. And we play, we've been playing live forever. We, even when I was at Extra, we always were doing like 30, 40, 50 shows a year. Uh, but it was fun to be creative again. And how it came, came about is I was on Celebrity Big Brother about a year and a half ago. And they wanted to do an intro package on what I do every day as a quote unquote rock star. Yeah. You know, they had Meta World Peace shooting hoops. They had me and we went in the studio. So my guitar player, Rob, Rodney brought this song called Highest Tree in, and we started working on it while Big Brother was filming. This is it right here. And, uh, and Big Brother got what they needed. They were done, but we were still kept working on the song, and we finished it. And we're like, wow, that's kind of cool. So two days later, I went into the Big Brother house, and I was just mediocre enough to make it to the finale. I wasn't a threat to anybody, <laughs> yeah. and they kept me around because I did the dishes. Uh, and uh, I walked out of the house, and uh, my guitar player, Rodney, called me. and goes, dude, you're not going to believe it. BMG just called and wants to offer us a record deal off that song. I go, what What bizarro Jerry Seinfeld world am I walking into out of this Big Brother house? So we got a record deal 24 years after our first, and we got to make a record which wasn't a commodity. BMG isn't looking like this. It's going to move the needle. It's going to make our fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. They're just, they found out a way to sign a bunch of bands that had hits before and just put them out in the streaming world. So that's awesome. Really fun just to make a new record, get creative. And that's what we did. And if you like Sugar Ray, I think you're going to like Lil Yachty. We decided to make a Sugar Ray record for Sugar Ray fans. That's Little awesome, Yachty. By the That's way, the new stuff. Guys, definitely get it. It's got that summer sort of vibe to it. It's all summery, all vibey. I mean, we we play the uh, Pina Colada song live a lot. You know, I mean, we are Jimmy Buffett. Someone, <laughs> else, someone, else, said your, uh, someone else said your cover, Stand and Deliver, is fucking dope. That's oh, from, thank uh, you. That's from Austin, Texas. Yeah, that's Adam Ant. Yeah, so we that kind of tapping into our influences there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we actually do the uh, Pina Colada song. We covered on Little Yachty. So it kind of started this sort of yacht rock vibe of the record, if you will. See, this, per, this person saying uh, this person saying Mark McGrath probably fucked your wife. I don't think you, uh, Mark's not. Let's see. Uh, I, mean, I promise but, you. Uh, I promise you. <laughs> you never know. Uh, Mark McGrath seems like the perfect balance of confident and humble. What a great dude. That's from uh, Mobile. Uh, that's from Kyle and PA. Hey, that means a lot to me. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Mark, your hair is an inspiration. That's from Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> Propecia. I'm like, can I say something right now? Yeah. yeah. I am not a proponent. I'm not being paid by Propecia. I know guys sometimes worry about their hair loss. I do. Get, 
oh, bummed yeah. out and like, oh my God, what's happening? I was on extra in 2004 and my hair was starting to recede because when you're on TV every day, you're like, oh God, I shouldn't have had those three beers last week. Yeah. I mean, you can really get super vain, even more vain than I already possibly was. Dude, um, Steve Covano. <laughs> like, I mean, we're on TV every night. We're doing the ESPN TV I know, show right you guys now. Are and, killing and it. Dude, I'm like, I better get on a keto diet or something. Oh, you guys I, both I was look sick. amazing. Yeah, no, but I, you see yourself and you get very critical. You do. You yeah. do. So I was, I could see one hair leaving my body. So I went to a doctor and immediately he wanted to do like a hair transplant. I go, dude, that's too aggressive for me. You got anything else? And he put me on Propecia. Now, I, I again, I'm not being paid. I'm not a commercial. I just know sometimes, problem with guys, they're the last to tell themselves they're losing their hair because right. it's such a bummer. They mm-hmm. don't want to acknowledge it. And your best case for keeping your hair is acknowledging it early and you get the best results. Anyway, so I was on Propecia in 2004 and I haven't lost a hair since. But the I, only thing you is you got to you gotta keep taking it. Oh, right? yeah, and you never have sex again. But right. yeah, you know your penis stuff I'm going to arm out of my back, but you know, my hair looks great. <laughs> that, that, that just proves I'm not a spokesman for folk right, right. Exactly. But it kept my hair, dude. You know, know so what? Like, that's you, awesome. I, you guys know you got to get on it early, man. Yeah. I swear, don't wait for the comb over, dude. Where you're I, not dude, fooling anybody. I get anybody. scared of the, uh, the side effects, though. I do. I do. I guess that scares me. They were or minimal to me. If you want to have kids me. again, like yeah. I, I might be in that business. I don't I know. I got you. I got you. Do your research and right. do your due diligence and do whatever, whatever works for you. I'm just, I just know sometimes dudes are worried about their hair and it's hard to talk about when you're losing it, man. You know, don't be the last but guy. We were, we were just talking about this the other day. We only have one friend that's losing their hair uh-huh. that actually openly talks about it. Well, it was a story yesterday. Blake Bortles, NFL player, uh-huh. out of nowhere. If you look at him, dude, he looked like Rich Davis. Now, like the next year, like, fucking bald. Yeah, he's bald, and bald he's saying how he, want, like, he feels insecure. He's he wants his, his coach uh, at one point didn't want the quarterbacks wearing hats on the sidelines, so he was used to doing like – Take off the, the helmet, put on the hat. Yeah, of course. Uh, much like what Jason Witten when he did that <laughs> yes, on the Cowboys. Yes. He, and now they're saying no, so he's all insecure about. Uh, he, did, it was he, did a, he did an interview with Barstool, and he was saying how his hair is driving him insane. And, and throughout all these years, we've only had one friend who like blatantly came out to us and was like, "Yo, man, I, this is driving me crazy. I'm losing my mind. Like, I'm losing my hair." Most dude, guys ignore it, but yeah. that's that's why it's so important. And do you want your quarterback or your franchise worried about his hair? I mean, there's so many things to worry about <laughs> right. there on the field. I'm, man. A, so, I'm a Niners fan. Jimmy Garoppolo is the most handsome. He is a beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful man. You know, the Giants, I'm a Giants guy. Giants picked up a lot. He's about a six. They picked up another goon. (laughs) Yeah, they did. They were for another goon. They have a type, like nerdy white dude. (laughs) A mouth breather, like a. By the way, Ricky Rackman shouts out Mark McGrath lot on his Cat House podcast. I don't know if you knew that. It's from one of our listeners. I do. I've known Ricky for years, been a part of that whole Cat House LA metal scene. We wanted to be LA Guns or Faster Pussycat. Right. Is what we wanted to be when we started in the late 80s, but we weren't talented enough. So we kind of came in the back door through cover songs and uh and smoke and mirrors did you say that they love his use of the word gnarly that's your uh, that, yeah did that's you say another that? one a lot of people love and gnar- bringing gnarly I'm in, I'm in my 20s i missed the sugar ray window but after hearing this i'm going back and downloading a bunch of stuff from reasonable ryan in toronto hey ryan that. thank you brother i appreciate that you know, yeah you know, I, i'm from newport beach california so gnarly is just something i don't even course. think about it it's dude. part of my vernacular my dna so i i forgive me dude no <laughs> I, I, lo- I love it i, I love it i look at mark regret's face and i just remembered can you can you even read my mind there was a pop culture cameo of you in the 2000s and it had to do with a tattoo do you know what I'm thinking of? Uh, was it American Dad? No. There, there's an American Dad one? Yeah. On How I Met Your Mother. There's an episode oh. where Allison Hannigan- You said 2000, yeah, so in I, the I, 2000, went, I yeah, went, went into the 2000s. This was like 2017. This is recently. No, this is like- this is, on How I Met Your Mother? That show ended like probably five years ago now. That's how time is flying, man. Oh but God, on I'm the show, flying, bro. Allison Hannigan, her character, uh, they do a flashback of how Ted talked her out of a tattoo- and she, he's like, no, it's just a butterfly. She goes, it was going to be more, and it was going to be the cover of Sugar Ray's album with his face. <laughs> oh, that's the best. And now, I that, wonder if you, did, when you, 
does that air and then someone goes, dude, they just shouted you out on the show? Or do you know it ahead no, of time on those things? People, people don't like to give you bad news on social media. No, no one would <laughs> ever tease me about something like, dude, I know is second something like that. And I'm honored. Yeah, that, you know, I thought it was a that, funny that, reference. The, the fact that, say, smart writers and how yeah. I met your mother are thinking about me and thinking that's a good joke <laughs> and that's part of, like, that'll define what we're trying to go for. I love that. I mean, yeah. it's just being part of, like, the whole thing, whether it's douchey, funny, number one, not funny, a bummer. I mean, I'm just part of it all, and I'm, I'm honored to have been uh, a part of it. You know, dude? I mean, all I ever wanted was to have a, a to be a part of a band and and have a hit song and once you get there like oh my god we're one hit wonders we got to get out of here yeah. you know what i mean it's so it's so weird to get to these levels but I, i'm at 51 years old now i've got a great family i'm on your show i've got a record coming out i'm flying out to play gigs i mean my, oh, my, my life's got your okay. hair got my hair got your hair and it's still hair. highlighted i got I, your I friends with guy fieri, <laughs> guy fieri. <laughs> life is good i'm on his yeah. wall at his house are you, you are. kidding me you are come on man well, guys you know you, you hear mark he's a great guy you know so many people come through these hallways, and fucking they leave zero impact. It's been a pleasure to work with you and see you throughout the years. That's always fun, and we're glad to finally have you on the show. He's a great guy. Thank you, fellas. Little Yachty is the album, guys. Check it out. Get it. I'm getting it, and I'm going to follow you. I can't believe I don't follow you on social media. Follow him. The Real Mark McGrath. The Real Mark McGrath, and on Twitter, Mark underscore McGrath. A pleasure having you Yeah, man. thank yeah, you, man. fellas, man. Thanks Long make, overdue. Thanks for making me feel really smart today. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. You probably saw this. Someone posted on our listener page, the Carl page. Yeah. Jeffrey Walker. He posted a meme. It said, things I could eat every day. Okay? I'll put a lot for you. And it's a picture of delicious buffalo wings, which I ate the other day by myself. Thanks, guys. Now, could you really eat these things every day? Let's be honest. I mean, I probably could. Buffalo wings? I okay. think I could. Okay. My ass would hate me for it, but I would. A delicious, juicy, medium-rare steak with a nice pat of butter on top, without, melting. Without a doubt. Herb butter. Without a doubt. Could not eat every day. Definitely shouldn't. And I feel like this, this whole little menu leads to ass. Hold on. A pizza <laughs> with a slice missing. A nice, I, a nice I, Napolitan I, pizza. I could eat a, a slice nice, of pizza every day. A nice flat pie and a delicious crust. A nice I feel bubbly like this cheese. slice leads to another Bubble. slice. <laughs> and finally, picture of the juiciest ass you could ever imagine. I knew it. I knew. I knew it. Things I knew it. You could I eat knew it. every day. I'm a regular Perry Mason. You ever, Spot, did you ever hear the story? What? Oh. Rich said that he had a teacher, like a flamboyant teacher growing up. What? <laughs> and like they called Rich, like, there he is. He's a regular Perry Mason. <laughs> <laughs> and Rich never understood why they called him that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and Rich was like, I'm like, I don't know, probably because you were a Budinsky, like tattletailing on people at school, like trying to Diamond get to the Dave. bottom of things. I don't know. Maybe you were trying to get to the bottom. <laughs> of his man ass. Yeah, I don't were. know. I don't know. But but Rich told me that recently. So <laughs> I, I think that's I'm like hilarious. I'm like I was in fourth grade. The teacher's like, "Aren't you a little Perry Mason?" Rich, like, what, does what, what does that mean? What does that mean? It's back to eating ass. But anyway, okay. I didn't have to be a Perry Mason to figure that one out. So, I knew it was getting the ass. Let's talk about this for a second before we get to the ass. This meme is such a low-hanging dumb no, guy no, no, it's meme. Not. No, because you can't eat no, chicken. No, if, like, lung- we- if it were if a low-hanging guy meme, there'd be bacon on there. Hold on, but I could eat a slice of bacon every day. You could eat a steak every you day. Shouldn't. I don't know if I even want to eat steak anymore. I need a petite fillet every day. Maybe once a Can month. Can you know eat you- steak every day? Yeah, Andy Pettit steak. There's no. He's got I his can- own steaks. I think he does. I could have yeah. a rib. I could have a rib. I could have a ribeye or a, a filet mignon. 
By the way, maybe uh, once a month, congrats, once a month. Congrats to the Baseball Hall of Fame inductees. Mariano Rivera Mo. made the joke. I must go. I, I always go last. Like he did his speech last. Like he's the closer. That's funny. Yeah, I get it. Um, that was his opening line. Yeah, it's funny. Mike now, Messina. Edgar Martinez. Yeah, I don't th- I'll be honest, Spot. Things I could eat every day. The o- There's only one thing on this list that makes Harold sense, and it's, p- and it's pizza. Pizza, yeah. No, I think I could eat, like, if you, not like a bucket of wings, but if I had, like, a little piece of, like, buffalo chicken for lunch, I'd be so happy. Every day? I love the okay. flavor. I love it. Not every day. I'm sure, you know, any everything in, you know, in moderation. If you're eating the, the same thing every day. Ass. It's like a handful of that pennies, said, you know? I eat the same breakfast every day. But right. it's okay. Back to ass. All right, eating go on. Ass. Eating ass. So eating ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I know we've joked about it on the show here, and I know everyone loves to say it. Dude, you know that's where first dates go nowadays in today's generation, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. Right? To eat an ass, right, Archie? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Archie's like, yeah. I know the progression of dating in 2019. Suck the fart right out. That's right. Mm-hmm. Tongue punch that fart box. Hey, yo. Whoa. <laughs> hey. All right, so Spock, go on. Continue with your line of questioning. Go on. You know, Kavino said, uh, I wish I had a spoon just so I could eat that ass. Yeah. Ass everywhere, ass soup. Yeah. Sope de culo. When you talk about eating ass, do you really, like... Mean. Does everyone see, like, a juicy ass, like a woman hot butt cheeks, big bubble butt, and <laughs> say, I really want to just spread those cheeks apart, mm-hmm. put a napkin around my neck, and go to town on that ass some, with a knife and fork. Like, do people want to do, like, do, do that really to really want to lick someone's butthole? Some people want to do that to a yeah. man ass. I know, I know that. That's, That's I mean, different. But like, is is the actual act of quote unquote eating ass? Is that the really everyone's desire? Apparently, it feels good. <laughs> I've never had my ass eaten, so I wouldn't know. Like, I know it's a joke, and I know we, it's, it's like not a, you want to take. Should, like, should I, oh, I, oh, I, uh, I want to take a bite out of that ass? I want to eat. You know, should I tell Jordan that you want a little birthday surprise? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Like I understand. He the, really wants it. I understand the act of fellatio. Now you're now you're a fucking doctor. Who's that? Your uncle and cu- uh, an uncle. Yeah, he found in a family and tree. And cunnilingus. Fellatio. They share great grandparents. Who's that? One of your uncles, buddy. You know, going down. You know, beegers and going down on a woman. I understand those acts for a man and a woman. Fellatio Sorge. Fellatio. He's with the Sicilian side, fourth cousin. They share great 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 grandparents. Uncle Fellatio had a weird grin on his face. They came from Polizia Generosa. Fellatio. Canalingus. Fallacio. All right, go on. But, <laughs> like, the, I, I just, I, like, you know, I know guys say it as, like, the guy thing. Like, yeah, I want to eat that ass. Do people really want to eat that ass? That's that's my question. Like, I'm really. Yes. If the girl is hot yeah. enough, you'll do anything. But, but, pun intended, but, why, but like, is that. Hmm. The, like, the are standard you, for today. It's it's American standard. Like, you really just want to spread open a butthole. Yep. Where the sh- the poopy comes out and go in there and go to town, on and eat the yes. Right, well, tongue punch to fart box isn't just a, a clever expression invented by <laughs> Daniel Tosh, I believe. It's an actual sex act. It's not just a joke. And and young Americans of today practice this on the regular. Young Americans, young Americans. Dude, remember, there's a very famous meme that you should post on our page. And it was like, you know, first dates in the uh, 90s, 2019. Yeah, see if you can find that meme. I was like walking. It it used to be like walking a woman to her door. Then it was like, then it was something else. Then it was sex. And I think the current one is someone's ass bent over. 
So answer Spot's question. 866-969-1969. First of all, I want the two of you to answer the question, I honestly. Did. Well, I don't want enough. There's certain girls, you, you know, depending on like. Well, let me ask like, you then. If there are pains in the asses and they're annoying, you don't want to do anything to please them. Spot. If the girl's just beautiful and you, and you just want to do everything. Spot. Yeah. If I see a girl with glistening legs and a short little skirt and a nice ass. Endless limits like that shirt you used to wear. Endless limits. Remember that shirt you used to wear with all the sayings, Rich? Endless limits. Endless limits. Spot. Endless limits Endless. when a girl. Like I that. think when someone. I think when someone says. Endless, Endless limits. I, I, I think. I miss your shirts. I think when someone says. I, I would eat that ass. I think it's also a combination of like. Yeah, you might eat their ass, but I think it's a guy's way of saying he wants to bend her over. Like I get, no, and like just I get the bury, active, and bury he, his face in the combination no, of her no, 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 ass. No, no. And I don't even want to. Do, I don't want my nose in someone's ass. Nose I get the. Deep. I get the. I get the act of wanting to like, obviously, do a woman from behind. You ever, <laughs> Spot, let me ask you. I'm this. sorry. You, uh, ever, you, ever, you ever bury your face in a woman from behind? <laughs> let me ask you a question. Have you ever buried you ever, your face? You never motorbutted. I, Spot, I mean, I, mean ever, I have. Spot, have you ever stuck your face yes, I in have. a woman's ass and vagina from behind? Yes, I have. You sound embarrassed. Spot, that schnoz all you got? You got to put that bad boy to that's use. That's the thing. I got a big nose, so it's just so intrusive. So you don't feel like that, that's not part of... That, that's, that, that hasn't been a part Spot, of Spot's regular life. The of your nose, though, is like perfectly designed for but that. Then you s- but then you like, you, it, smell, it smells a little different, and then you're just like, I don't like this. Yeah, but they, this, they, these acts need to be done after like a I know, a and I, under, I understand. But, Spot's got but, a very angular I don't think you, I don't think you go to the club. But the, I don't think you go to the club or the bar and then be like on the way and then, hey, and then stop home and get fucking In and Out Burger and then go yeah, home and eat someone's ass. After this is hot yoga. We're like, you know, yeah, this is about- a this is a fucking like you go, I don't in the, you go in the bedroom and she's uh, yeah. she showered up and has like, like lingerie like on and you're like, oh, deaky moments. It's like it's not you know, it's just those rare occasions. Spot. Like, spot. I feel like you're. I feel on. like you just said it. I feel like. The true answer is that you've never buried your face in a girl's no, ass or a vagina you, there's, from behind. There's photos and videos of me on our on, no. s- <laughs> on spring break yeah, putting my that's a, that's my with, nose that's, and, um, ma- spot, and face between cheek spot, that's that's with that's with like a that's a panties on that's a okay, strip club. That, I'm saying in real life, have no, you have. ever? Yes, ba- I have. Okay. Um, you're the one that brought it up. That's why I'm asking. No, I know, and I have, yeah, and I, like and, and, it, and like it, it wasn't enjoyable to me. So maybe it's a personal thing. But like I see, so like let's pretend like I'm teaching yoga. Which I, have to do I think today. Wizard John did a show from like a girl's asshole one time. I didn't think he, he did. Didn't he <laughs> remember? He was like, hey, you know, Wizard John. We think I remember hearing that. On I do, yeah, I remember that. I think Roxy Reynolds sat on his face. No, but I, I see, you know, I see a, a nice ass, like you know, or someone posts an ass or whatever. <laughs> I see it. I want to grab it. I want to feel it. Oh, see, we have a different uh, instinct. I want to, I, I, I want to spread it, and I want to oh, spread it for what? Rich wants to put mustard on it. Rich ones, but my, but then I want you know, and then I I picture other things, but I don't picture me like spreading the ass cheeks, getting down on on both knees, and burying my face and nose in the middle of the ass cheeks. I mean, and just uh, going to, to town. You want me to give you the real answer? I would love to hear your real. I'm 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 serious. I want to know the All real right. answer. Well, you're setting it up. Let me give the answer then. Please do. This act is reserved for. The very top tier of women that you are attracted to. It doesn't matter what I'm attracted to versus what Cavino's attracted to versus what uh, Lonnie's attracted to or Rocket Dog or uh, Vince or Frank or uh, Bill in Jersey or Lonnie loves and Pollocks or uh, Zayed and his girlfriend Ashley <laughs> in uh, Zayed. you know wherever they're from. 
Zayed loves his uh, fart box tongue, tongue punched. So TPTFB, bro. Uh, TPTFB. So it's not a matter of what I think tongue is attractive or what box. Covino thinks is attractive spot. Whatever you personally find irresistible. For me, let's just say you were to show me irresistible. <laughs> <laughs> She's simply irresistible. New song coming soon. Simply irresistible. Sung by what? Robert Palm that? <laughs> Robert Palm that. Palm that. Um, oh, still if I see what I find to be the Bunch perfect ass, if I picture women I've dated in the past and my wife and, and the moments where I was super attracted to someone, I think you do want to bury your face. In the ace. In the ace. Remember, remember uh, John Madden? He'd be like, ace is the place for me. He <laughs> meant that. He Boom. did. Oh, he meant like. He wasn't talking about the hardware store. So John Madden was a perv. Your anal. Uh, Boom. Asian. So, Spot, I want to go to the phones. You're asking the real question is, when guys say, I would eat that ass, would, do they really want to bury their face in the girl's ass? And my answer is, for the top tier of women that I've been with and for the top tier of women I see, that is the perverted thought that goes through your mind when well, you see a very girl. Clear. I think when you see a girl, that so, so, as a way of saying, you know, they would they would love to get with that girl, but you know, there are it's few and far between. For every ten girls, maybe guy would want to maybe really do that with two. So the girls like Spot. ass up. Spot. The truth is, girls ass up. Some girls naked have like a perfect situation going on. Like tell everything, me, tell me about everything it, looks right. Everything smells it. right. Everything's clean. Everything's good. And at that right. moment, there's if no, that girl's no Michael Stray hairs, if that girl's legs are <laughs> shiny and smooth, and her ass feels perfect, you will want to bury your face in that. Right. Now, Cavino is right. That's a one out of ten girl thing, because there'll be other girls you'll see, and like you, you get them naked, and you're like, "Ah, oh, things are right, but I don't think I'm burying my face in that ass." She got, she got a little fucking Michael Stray hairs, and you're like, "No, thanks." Or, or something ain't right, or something's weird, or you're not, you or you right, gotta, you gotta, got a stained yeah, I mean, you gotta fucking sniff of something stained you don't like. Crevice. Or, no, but, Aaron Lewis is down there playing because that shit is stained. <laughs> it's been a while since someone ate. Aaron Lewis, is that My you? My butthole clean. It's been a while. I'm on the outside. Want to want to go to Eric in Houston? Eric, you're on the show. Kavino and Rich. Spot asking the question hey when, boys, a guy, how's it going? when a guy says, I want to eat that ass. Spot wants to know, I really do, I do know. you really want to eat that ass? <laughs> Look, it, it's, more of, it's more of a submissive thing, like the things that I would do to that girl. It's like right. saying that. Right. And Most yes, of the time, that's what people ass. are saying. I eat ass. Lots of my friends do. But it is a thing of love. It's like when a girl gives up her ass for a guy, you know, she's doing that because she loves you. And so whenever you're yeah. doing that to her... Wait, hold on. That's a better question. Is it the opposite or not? You so much. You want to do whatever hold on, hold it takes on. to make her O. All right, hold on. Yeah. This is also interesting. Yeah, what? Like, if I, she I, gives I, up that position for you, she loves you or do you love her? No, both because she's, really? vul- she's oh, vulnerable. So you're saying it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate act of love. Well, because it's she's so, showing her vulnerability and she's trusting you with her body and you want to do everything humanly possible to her. It's the ultimate. And I understand oh. the difference between... Oh. I, I understand butt play. Like butt play, you know, you can use uh, uh, the thumb, fingers, your... your you sound clinically odd penis. when you talk about it. Um, I, I do that so I don't sound uh, creepy. 
Sounds creepier when you do it Damn that it. way. I'm not going to lie. Well, I try, well, I, when you use butt plug, you make it clinical. You make it clinical, so it's more scientific. Oh, Jesus. Um, but I, there's a huge difference between that and putting your, your mouth into the butthole. Spot. A gr- I'm not. This is not into a, the anal I'm, I'm, cavity. A guy is not digging his. I know he's, th- not, he's, not, in, he's not inside. In it's the outside. But it's I'm saying, like, it's, it. it's like if a girl is in amazing shape in your mind. Like I said, some guys like a bigger girl, smaller girl, in shape girl, whatever the case may be. Whatever your ideal woman looks like, picture that girl showered up, smelling like roses, smooth skin, perfect ass mm, up. Rump of smooth skin. You will go. I don't like you, floral you, will, you, you will want to. Not a big fan of floral uh, sense. I, it's an expression spot. She can smell like vanilla. I don't give a shit. She can smell oh, like yeah. fucking creme brulee if you want. Oh, fuck yes. Um, oh, yeah. she, she can smell like yeah. fucking buffalo wings, which you can eat every day. <laughs> huh. oh, Frank's red that, hot. Frank's oh, red hot. Oh, oh spicy. Whatever. Oh, spot. oh, buttery. Whatever is perfect for you, I think it's more of an expression of, you want to be a perv and go down on her from behind, and also, yes, an and also, conquering. no, and also, while you're going down on her from behind, you're throwing in a little, you're throwing a little butt action there, and she'll always be like, she'll insinuate you're a pervert, but then move along, and, and but keep it going, like she'll be like, she'll be like, you nasty, I've, I've, yeah, like, oh girl, you disgusting, oh girl, you disgusting. Yeah, that's what you put on the uh, 112, too, to really add to the yeah. nature. Yeah, I mean, I think every every girl that's with a guy that's wanting to do everything to her loves it, but will throw out the once in a while, like the, you're such a perv, and you're like, yeah, I am. That's when you put your black guy voice on, too, and you're like, oh, girl, I'm going to eat that ass. <laughs> doesn't work for me. I have a terrible black guy voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, really uh, let's do. say what's I'm up. Like, Daddy. No, he can't do it. I don't think that works. Uh, Sean in Indiana, what's up? Sean, Spot. How's it going? Spot asking the hard-hitting questions. What do you think, bud? I'm 48 years old. I've been eating ass since 85. <laughs> Mood. Mood. Since 85, you fucking heard him? <laughs> Yo, I don't even mean to stereotype, but just based on things that I see, I think yeah. guys, black guys are the league leaders of eating ass. I would Archie, say the, opposite. No, would say the opposite. Don't don't black guys like hesitate I mean, going down on women? Uh, no. no, it's no, the opposite. No, girl, yeah, the black woman doesn't like going down on Right, because yeah. a lot of the stuff that I see online and stuff, so it's always black guys like, oh, eat that ass. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the ass movement, you know, was with us, you know. That's, I... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to stereotype, but I think yeah. that is something that, that well, separates no, them no, apart. Like, no, no, I'm no. such a pleaser of the woman, right? It's a black guy no, swag. Guys th- no, He's like, I'm right. such a pleaser in the bedroom that I'll do anything. Well, hold on. Archie Archie is a, a black guy, so I, I, can't, I, I guess I can't speak on behalf of black guys, but I'm looking at articles now online, Uh-oh. and there's a, a myth and a misconception that black guys try to fight that they don't like performing conolingus on a woman. There's articles, like clinical articles I'm finding. Like, there's a stereotype that black men don't like going down on women. Wow. I've never heard of Assessing that. Assessing gender stereotypes. Well, black, black men don't like oral sex. Black, black men, black men don't perform oral in, sex. Yeah, I'm just seeing a change in the in the culture. Black men like receiving oral sex, not giving, according to this article. So it's 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 a stereotype what? that may be changing. Dude, I hear a lot of like rap songs that on Spotify, and a lot of them are about eating ass. Yeah, Ish. I'm serious. Kavino, yeah, do you yeah. mean Pandora? I'm sorry, Pan- <laughs> Fuck, yeah. Pandora. Uh, Luke in Michigan, what's up? Hey guys, remember when uh, Biggie Small said she looks so good, I'll suck on her daddy's dick? Oh, whoa, well, that's intense. That's, I don't that's, think people uh, really do I don't that. Think people, no, yeah, no. yeah. This, so that, that's no, well, so like, <laughs> saying it's the thing he was saying I would heat her ass. It's just like it's 
just saying that. Okay. Uh, oh no, no. But I, I don't think that's, no. that's that's what it's I'm trying. No, that's no, what I'm trying to figure out here. Is it an expression or a, sometimes or a physical act? Yo, it's but fun. I think it's more of a physical act that it's I realize. But it's uh, I ready. We're walking down. We're walking through a casino in Vegas. You and I. We just did some that. some girl with fucking a sick body. <laughs> we're, at the, wearing, we're at the Cosmo, not the MGM. We're at the Cosmo. Two girls are going to Marquee. You see a gr- I'm sorry. You see a group of girls going Marquee. They all have shiny legs with tight little mini skirts. Where you see their you know, essentially you see their bottom ass cheeks hanging out. You right. would say uh, you would you might say oh, fucking I need that girl's ass. Yeah. Now the reality is. If you were if, if, uh, if, if you were excellent, you'd be like, I wouldn't eat that girl's ass. Yeah, that's a joke that no one place. gets. Spot it's unless a you've been. Place. Yeah. Um, I just I, explained it. Jesus, it's a breakfast spot next to, in the Cosmo. I just said egg that. slut. Okay. I think that guys say it as a as a, a saying, but I do think that if you got that girl alone and you were a horny guy and she was all cleaned up and everything, I think you would eat her ass. Let's let's also remember the culture we live in now. You know. We are sort of all jaded by the world of porn, which is at everyone's fingertips. So a younger generation doesn't know the difference of what used to be normal as opposed to what they're seeing on porn. So they're immediately thinking, well, that must be the everyday, every way, because that's all you see in porn. Things like that, if so I, which makes it more commonplace. If you want to keep up with today's world, you got to make those adjustments. Like I'm sure. So yes, people use it as an expression, but people very much mean it for that one yeah. out of ten girl. Like I'm sure if I were in the moment, feeling it, probably drunk, hooking up with a girl, right. or my wife, and <laughs> or your wife, or my wife, and she said, "I want you to lick my ass." I I would probably do it, but I I wouldn't say I want to eat that ass and just go for it. Just because it's the you don't have to announce these things, right? Buddy. I know, but you know what I mean. Like in my mind, say, "Man, I, I want to eat that ass," spot. but then actually eat that spot. ass. Pretend you're a single guy for a minute. Okay, wait, hold on. Got it. We're out and about at an event, and some girl with a perfect body and spots eyes. Okay, like perfect little booty that spots all about. Good, nice jobs. Nice job. Whatever, whatever spots in. Whatever spot. spots oh. in. No, whatever spots into. Right, so They'll picture, picture, spot. Forget the jubbles. We're not talking about jubbles. MWJs. Sorry, we're not talking about jubbles. You said Amanda Seyfried. And this girl has the perfect body, according to Spot. Okay, she's got a nice little and, round, tight butt. And she says, "Let's go back to your place, Spot." And she's like, "You know what? We were out all day. Do you mind if I freshen up in your bathroom?" And she's like, "I'm gonna take a quick shower." And she comes out. Hmm. Her hair, her hair's wet. Towel on. Smells like lavender from the hotel soap. Sure, you could use that, and if that paints a picture for you, (laughs) it's always lavender. And she's like, "Spot, you could do whatever you want." And she's like, like rolling around the bed. Would your instinct at all be to prop up her ass and just bury your face in? All right, I'm gonna go on the bang the other bed and just watch Harry Potter. Is that cool? No, but would your instinct Um, be to? Take this girl, the perfect body, who's just fresh out of the shower with a towel around her, and she's laying on the bed. She's like, Spot, you can have me any way you want. She sticks her ass up. Is your instinct to put your face there? Well, if it's the only thing that I have access to, then obviously, yes. No, but are you- If, her, if, are, she's, are you if gonna, she's on the bed with her ass up, what am I going to do? But I don't feel like you're- in, I feel like you- Yeah. I feel like insti- you're not instinct. Your instinct is not to put your face there. It is, no, but- No, it's it, not. You could be honest. Maybe, I, maybe I'd lay on my back and go under like I'm a, a mechanic going under a car. <laughs> <laughs> I just roll underneath. I wouldn't go like face Spot first. I just, out, <laughs> Spot takes a little dolly. <laughs> Spot I takes out a dolly. Under. He fucking rolls <laughs> under her. All right, I got you. <laughs> I don't. It's, I, you know, I think Spot. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a way spot, more uh, perverted world in today's game. I, I think Spot's not ready for this. I don't uh, think I'm I don't re- think you're ready for this no. jelly. No, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think. I don't think that, I, you know what? I don't think. I don't think the booty hole is my thing. But Spot, I'm not. I'm yeah. Not saying, what about when Chris Rock was talking talking about tossing salad? Do you think he was fucking joking about that? No. Obviously that was, not. And that was what late '90s. Spot, I'm just saying, don't feel ashamed because everyone's got their own thing. Some some people, I've heard guys say some girl some guys don't like. When women go down on them, some people don't like butt play. Some people don't like certain positions. Some, no one's going to be the same. So, if you think it's weird when guys say "eat that ass," stick to your guns. Because if you think licking someone's butthole's weird, fucking stick by your stance. Yeah, that's fine. Because you, you have preferences, and you and and you, you don't. don't and to, then you don't and women also have preferences, and and sometimes they don't like things like that, and which makes guys want to do it even more sometimes. But stick to your guns. Some women. Some women don't like when guys go down on them, even if you're the most willing guy. Think of the women you've been with in your life. You might be the most willing guy, but some women just may not want that. Some women don't like different sexual acts or, or, you know. Let's be honest. Everyone's different, so stick to your gun spot. Nick in Colorado. You got it, buddy. Hey, how's it going today, guys? What's up, buddy? Uh, Nothing really. So, listen. I'm not into poop fetishes. I'm not into being peed on, nothing weird like that. But when I say I eat ass, I eat ass. Tongue in the asshole, face in the butt cheek. <laughs> like, I go to town on the ass. <laughs> what town? Flavor town? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't taste like poop. It don't smell like poop. The it's, like, uh, it's just delicious. It's pennies. like your tongue on a battery. Yeah, a, a battery. Pennies. Ba- yeah. You know what I don't want to do? Fucking ever lick ready, a battery. Bro. Who wants to lick ready. a battery? Ever ready. Thank you, Energizer. Kirkland brand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, see, the thing is, you do not eat the Kirkland brand ass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Or the Everettis, because those shits are from 1980. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. So, with Glory and Renown. Hey, what's up, man? He enters the studio. What's up, what's man? Up, man? How are you? How you doing? For the first time, nice we you, got to meet him. Hey, what's up, Casey? How are you, man? Let's welcome. Casey Affleck to How the studio, Cavino and Rich, promoting his new film, Light of My Life. Congrats on the new stuff, man. Thank you very much. You always got some new stuff going on, though, right? Is that is that how it is? Is there always <laughs> yeah. something going on? Got it. It, it doesn't feel that way. I no? tell you, sometimes I'm like, damn, it's been a year. I got nothing going on. Really? I mean, these things, like, they take a while after you make them. They don't come out for another eight months or something. Yeah. So sometimes you've just been sitting around and uh, doing nothing, and then suddenly your movie's coming out, and people go, hey, you got a lot going on. And you're like, not really. Yeah. Sitting at home for eight months. Well, you make a lot of your own stuff, which is cool, right? I mean, you make and create content, which is, I guess, part of the gig nowadays. I mean, yeah, I guess so. It's hard, it's hard to get stuff uh, to sit around and wait for someone to send you something good. So if you can write your own stuff or get some friends together and try to make something, that helps. Yeah, definitely. In today's world, otherwise you're on that struggle, that hustle, you know, auditioning all the time, which sucks. Yeah, but I when, can you, imagine. when you win an Academy Award, oh. that, doesn't that change the, the game a bit or no? I mean, yeah, I guess a little yeah, bit. It, does, yeah. it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. But I tell you, man, it's never been like, uh, I've always been one of those people that just kind of had to hustle a little bit, you know? Um, no matter what, and I kind of won the, won an Academy Award, and then but it doesn't was... that, doesn't that give you an advantage a little bit? It keeps you hungry. Yeah, I like it. Right? Yeah, it keeps you on that hustle a little bit because you don't expect it to come easy. Hey, man, I, I want to congratulate you on that too. 
You know, Academy Award winner Casey Affleck here. We just said pretty insane, our right? third Academy Award winner in the past, you know, yeah. several months on the show. We had Hillary Swank like nice. a month ago. She was here. She's amazing. And uh, J.K. Simmons recently. Awesome. Yeah, he, who's fantastic. How does life change when that happens? Because I don't imagine you go into acting for that, but it's got to feel good, right? People uh, treat you a little different. You know what? It, it's it's exciting, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's also n- kind of nerve-wracking. I'm not the kind of person who loves, like, getting up on stage and having to speak in front of, you know, 70 million people on TV. That's right. not when I wake up in the morning. Dude, I'm like, damn, either. I wish someone would just put me on TV so I could, t-, you know, but. uh, he He's rich as the type of guy that revels like that. in those moments. Yeah, I think, like, I, I want to hide. Yeah, I always wonder how uh, people of your caliber get weirded out at those moments. I feel like you would just be a natural. Not really. I mean, I never, I don't have a lot of experience doing like huge public speaking events like that. So it's, it, you know, being on a movie set, it's a little bit different. You know, right. it's 20 people, you're with them every day, you're used mm-hmm. to them, they're kind of a family. And um, so you're performing in front of them. But it's it's intimidating. And um, so here you are, you, you just, you do a great job in this movie, but then you're probably all worked up and nervous that you might have to make a speech if you win. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which should be a great thing, but I, I totally understand that feeling. All those faces looking back at you, yeah. and you don't want to fuck up. Well, the microphone probably, probably sounds all loud. First, he's probably like, don't fucking trip, or don't like, don't oh, make a misstep on the way up there. For sure, there's all that. And then, uh, you know, I also just kind of like blacked out a little bit. You yeah. don't have that much adrenaline, and... And then you're looking down at people who lost also, and I'm kind of, I want to, what you want to say is like, look, it could have been you. Right. It could have been any one of us. Mm-hmm. Like, here, come share it with me. I really don't care. Um, and also, you know, those those award shows, they celebrate one person, which is which is just not accurate. I mean, whenever mm-hmm. you make a movie, no performance uh, is just the result of one person. And True. so it feels a little like, you feel like a fraud standing up there taking a trophy when in fact, it was like 200 people that helped you get there. Right, and people make you look good with editing sometimes, uh, right? They turn your the shit into awesomeness. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that I, I, in the stupid there, things that we do. There have been times where, whether it be a, a radio thing or a TV thing, where you're like, oh, we just did a bunch of shit. And then some editor <laughs> turns it into, like, turns your tin cans into gold. Yeah. And you're like, that's the story of my career. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, that's awesome, though, man. And it worked out. Didn't you think uh, Denzel Washington, wasn't that uh, one of your heroes? I mean, he's, the, he's one of the greatest <laughs> right. of all time. Of course, absolutely. I mean, I used to work in a movie theater. Uh, we we played. Um, it was a single, a oh, oh, one theater uh, movie theater in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and it was uh, Malcolm X. So I saw that movie about sixty five times, just because there's nothing else to do. You you know, rip the tickets and you go watch the movie. I mean, I've studied that guy. I've seen all his movies. He's he's he was he's so amazing. Uh, so it was ridiculous for me to be standing up there and him sitting down in the seats. Well, congrats again on that and, and your awesome career. Casey Affleck, he's been acting since he was a kid. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about the new movie, but since we're just getting to know you, you know, movies growing up, what were the ones that you just watched constantly? Was the same ones that we were watching? Yeah, like we're karate all the, kids the same and age. Back to the Futures. And yep, yeah. Goonies. Oh, uh, yeah, Goonies. <laughs> Which one do you remember watching Goonies. all the time? You know, like all those, yeah. for, for one. and, and But also, like, I had this... Uh, I, I, there were four movies I saw when I was a kid that that were like I was probably too young to see, so they had a big impact on me. I saw uh, the harder they come, the this Jimmy Cliff, yeah, okay, um, which like was seared into my brain. I saw the Elephant Man, I, also like dude, that freaked me out. Yeah, that, I saw that movie as a kid too. That was my biggest fear growing up. I was so scared of that. <laughs> I shouldn't have watched it. I should. I know it was a great movie, and that that won the yeah. Academy Award, didn't it? I think it did, right? I, I think it might have, yeah. And uh, I, it's sort of scarred me, even though it's a beautiful story and everything. <laughs> yeah. It freaked me out as a kid. What, what, I had what the imp- same experience. Really? I was sitting in my dad's apartment, yeah. but, like my, in the dark, my face like a foot from the screen, crying. You know, I'm seven years old yeah. or something, watching this thing. Um, 
But but the uh, the harder they come was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. I was really young, and um, theaters packed full of people. Every people are smoking and yelling and talking back at the screen. <laughs> and I was a little kid. Right. My my best friend's mom had taken us. I don't know why she wanted to see it probably. Yeah. But that I'll never forget that. And I was like, damn, this is what a movie theater is like. Right. You know what I mean? So that uh, left an impression on you then. Yeah. Wow. Most kids they saw like Star Wars as their first movie. You right. know what I'm saying? So wait, you remember well, looking you back? Said, you said smoking in the theater. Can That's you take so a, funny. can you take a guess? Because the other day we were blown away by this. When do you think they stopped letting people smoke on airplanes? Spot look up the set again because I remember I forget the executive. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying eighty seven. It was in the eighties because I was I, I, I was it debating was it. I'm like, I remember 80, in the 80s. I think yeah, it was eighty nine. I'm like, are you kidding? So in the eighties Yeah, close enough. You were just sitting there and like the a row behind you, someone could be lit up like, a smoking cigarette. Oh yeah, and they had a no smoking <laughs> section as if that made a difference. Yeah, on a plane. You know what I'm saying? It's unbelievable. I remember my dad smoking on a on a plane uh, when I was a little kid. Um Yeah. Dude, there was a clip I saw yesterday. I don't know if you don't know what's real and what's not real. Do you spend a lot of time watching these stupid things too, or are you so busy? I, I, I imagine no. you're doing cooler things than watching YouTube videos. But. I'm not doing cooler things, <laughs> but I don't. But I'm not watching most of those unless my kids show me some. Which oh is yeah, usually yeah, great. Yeah, well, what happens? Uh, there's some guy, right? He's yeah. he's in the in the car with his wife, or I don't know. They're like two low lives, and they're smoking up in a car with a little girl. A little car windows up, and they knock on the door, and they're like. Hey man, you think you should be smoking in a car like that with your daughter? And the guy's like, "What's to you? Go fuck yourself, right? Go, go mind your business." He's a garbage dude. The guy gets out of the car all tough, and then the dude like filming it, who's obnoxious in his own right too. Yeah, knocks him out. It's just like you know, oh trashy God. clip, but it's just unbelievable. That's how we waste our time. Yeah, watching. I know, but, I know. What's what other uh, other two movies, by the way? Don't forget those. Oh, the other two, the good, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. I got into a big phase. That was a little bit later on. Yeah, we got into a, 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 me and my friends watching all those spaghetti westerns. Um, I was going to say, though, that it's so weird. It reminded me. I got in a car accident yeah. the other day. Very, very small car accident. This taxi driver had sort of cut in front of me. I dinged him. He gets out. Because it's a taxi, he's got to call a supervisor. So he gets out. He's calling. So I got to sit there and wait. I'm like, there's no damage here, buddy. Can we just move on? <laughs> yeah. But he's filming. Like, right. Nothing happens now where people oh. don't just take out the phone. So he's filming, and yeah. I'm like, I guess, should I be filming? So I take my <laughs> phone out. I'm filming him. He's filming me. And we're just talking about, like, registration and stuff. And I'm like, what, what are we doing filming the, you this film conversation? You film me, I'll film you. Yeah. I think, uh, doesn't Sebastian Maniscalco, go? Some, some comedian does that when they say on customer service, we're going to record for quality assurance. And like, no, no, I'm recording you for quality <laughs> assurance. So let's all behave here, all right? <laughs> hey, dude, when something like that happens, do you cringe inside even more because you're Casey Affleck and, and you know, TMZ might be there and they start filming you and they want to know what's going on? I don't. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Hey, TMZ's I, got bigger, bigger <laughs> fish to fry. I think you don't worry about shit like that. Oh, but you have to also worry too when things like that happen. They're gonna try. They know and they, that you're in, in the industry, and they'll probably recognize you. And might think, oh, he has money, right? He has money. I'm gonna have to try to get him. I mean, for it. you take one look at my car, and you don't think this guy's got of, money. Can I'm, you tell us what kind of car you have? I got an '86 uh, Ford F100, so it's and it's not in good shape. Okay, it's so beat up, old, uh, rusty kind of pickup. Can truck. you give us the, the sort of mindset? Like, I, I obviously you don't have to live a lavish, crazy lifestyle, but you could afford any car you you want. I imagine. So why the '86 Ford? Um, it was, uh, I liked uh, uh, manual, yeah. you know, like making the, doing the shifting yeah. the gears myself. <laughs> Which is going uh, obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard to find. Um, and I just like the feeling of like a real car. Nowadays you get in, it's like silent still. You can't tell if it's on or not on. So you just, get in a Tesla, you fucking, you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've only been in a Tesla once. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, well, you don't like it. You like to feel the car. Like, you like spy. Our producer spy. He likes a to little feel bit. it. Love yeah, it. it's also like nostalgia. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. this is what a car used to be. Real car. That's what yeah. keeps you hungry, like you said before. <laughs> yeah. Keeps you humble. Well, let's go back to those days. I want to talk about life before before people knew who you were. Because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking, like, I read that you, you and your brother and Matt Damon all lived together at one point. A couple times, yeah. I mean, it, do you ever look back at those times? Are those say, the good old days? Are, yeah, are those like the fun, good times, or are those like the, I can't believe we were struggling, and look at all of us now? <laughs> uh, they were fun times. I mean, I've had better roommates, but those were just... <laughs> um, Joaquin, Joaquin, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is one of your roommates, right? Yeah, we. I've I've had a lot of... Uh, you have any you have any roommates that like never turned into superstars? <laughs> <laughs> many of them, okay. many of them. Um, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, What's the question? <laughs> Do you look back at those days like to think that you guys all like made it and you're all like household names where back then you were probably all trying to just make something happen? That's true, for sure. And it, it is strange to have so many people in my family or close circle of friends who have been successful. But, um, you know, it's probably the case in other circles, too, where people kind of they fell into one little industry and them and their friends and they mm -hmm. stayed close and they all sort of are working in that industry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think those guys are all those those three people are all very talented and and hardworking. So I'm not surprised that they got there. I think the like surprise success is is me. You know what I mean? <laughs> the growing up, no one was like, "This guy's gonna make it." You know what I mean? Academy Award winner, yeah, yeah, right there. Like, but um, then, do you feel like he learned a lot just from being around each other? Because look, put it in perspective, right? We're here in California right now. Everyone here is out, out here to sort of make it, right? Most people, when it comes to entertainment and acting, and you guys have. So, what do you attribute that to? Hard work, perseverance, actual talent, like. How do you how do you put that map I, together in your own mind? Those things, it's hard work for sure. Yeah. My my myself, notwithstanding, just talking about those guys, I right. think that it's definitely hard work and a lot of talent, and also just good fortune. Having being born into families with good parents who gave yeah. them good educations, who really gave them good values, who sort of taught them how to treat people and talk to people and get along and get make their way in the world, and that's just good luck. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that are talented and hardworking, and they've had just more disadvantage early in life, and it's been harder for them. It's, it's tough, definitely, man. You guys have done it, and you've done it well. Hey, when you've grown up uh, the way you have, right, uh, in your family, how do you sort of instill those values to your kids now when you know you do have a different life you do have a hollywood life you are you are an academy award winner and you know their uncle is famous and and all that stuff how do you keep them grounded because uh, I, I i as a dad i just want to sometimes provide my kid with the same stuff that i have but then i realize i spoil them spoil my kid way too much compared yeah. to, you know what i mean like when we were kids imagine going to disneyland what was that like for you uh, I never went to Disney. Neither did I. But now my daughter's two, right. and I feel like it's uh, like we go like every couple couple times a year. Oh, really? Yeah, I just feel like it's, I, it's I hard go that to... extra mile to make sure that that's not happening. You'd be surprised. So I that's don't... a conscious effort. That's a conscious effort. But you know, and I and I take it seriously. I don't I don't live really in the sort of industry areas, and I and you'd be surprised. I'm not followed around by paparazzi. I don't really have that life. Thank God, you know that I don't have to deal with the, some the stuff that other people I know have to deal with. The other thing is that like. We like to think that our parenting is like everything, but these kids are, they're grounded on their own. My, my kids, you know, they kind of came into the world who they are to, yeah. to a certain degree and, and they're making the way. And sometimes I make mistakes and they, they correct me. You know, they, it's a two-way street there, and at least in my house. So 
I, I do I do try hard to make sure they're not spoiled, to keep their head on straight. I talk to them a lot about, like, they see their uncle on the cover of a magazine, and I say, look, these things, it's not always true what you right. read. You really, get, you know, and they understand that now, and, and they have a pretty good relationship with their uncles, and they, they get that, like, what is presented to the world, good and bad, is not the truth of who, who a person is. And so I think that they're prepared for dealing with that going forward in life. Um, but it is day to day. I'm aware of it because I, I don't want them to be live inside of some weird bubble of like entertainment industry success and all that. And and just the average kid is is in a weird bubble of social media and video games and mm-hmm. and online stuff. You said the YouTube clips. Do you encourage your kids to go out and play the way the way we did growing up? I or... don't encourage them. I force them. I'm you, like, turn see, it off. And go outside. Yeah. I like what you're getting at. You have to make those concerted efforts to. Well, A, live the life that you live, and then raise your kids the way you want them to be, but it's not easy. Well, you have to correct yourself, too. I mean, so many the number of times I've gone over my kid and been like, you got to turn that off. You got to go outside. And then he's like, I'm watching uh, I don't you know, Jarvis outside. Landry highlight reel. I'm my, like, hang my... on, leave it on for a second. Let me, let me <laughs> yeah, see this. Yes. Or he's like, dude, it's Dude Perfect. Look at this. Right. And I'm like, oh, I love Dude Perfect. And I sit down and I'm like, come on, let's go play catch. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. You got to make time. That's cool. With Casey yeah. Affleck here on the Cavino and Rich Show, uh, Academy Award winner. Well, Casey uh, Affleck. I love when you say that. I uh, know. Another Academy Award winner. Well, Academy what, Award but... winners have to, have to drop some knowledge on us in some way. And I feel like you are. Uh, J.K. Simmons said this, and I, I thought it was great. He said, uh, when you're when you're a parent, days are long, but the years go quick. Do you feel like just yesterday they were like little kids? Hundred percent. How old are they now? I Fourteen. Like, uh, I got fifteen and eleven. Fifteen and yeah. eleven. Yeah, you seem way too young to have a fifteen-year-old. Yeah. My kid's nine. And well, I'm like, you look, Slow you down. Look, I was gonna say you look. I mean, you are you're not young, young, but you you look great. So Thank does, you. does that uh, you look good? <laughs> Thanks, man. You're gonna be forty. I'm gonna be forty this year. You're, but you're in your forties. What is, yeah. is a concerted effort also to make sure you stay in, staying in shape and looking good? Not really, no, man. I don't, say, I don't genetics. Those so, athletic genetics. I just look. I think I just look <laughs> young, you know. But and I started early a little bit also. Uh, but um, my kids are uh, yeah, they're old. My oldest one's bigger than I am and uh, and better looking than I am, and um, I just got lucky. Hold on, I know your brother. What year? I know you probably know off the top of your head. What year was your brother the sexiest man, <laughs> according to people? Because did you bust his balls, or do you love that? Did you like? How does that? When when when? Uh, I didn't even the- know that it happened. Was he? I feel like he had to be. He had to be. As we were talking about, he's, he's a very sexy guy. Hey, can you tell us this then? Because yeah, I- in two thousand two. Ben Affleck was uh, the sexiest man, <laughs> according to People oh, magazine. Th- those years are behind him. <laughs> <laughs> you have to root your brother for some shit like that, though, for sure. You know, we, I think we've made it clear that you, you make a conscious effort to stay out of it. You know, you do your job, but you want to live your life. How does fame change people? Like, what are the pros and cons of it? Because you've seen it. You know, you, you've seen it. You've lived it. What's that whole sort of scene like? Because it seems like... We always go back to the Jim Carrey theory mm-hmm. when he talks about, like, you know, being on top of the mountain and it's not all it's cracked up to be, and he's searching for more and more. What's it like from your perspective? Because there's a reason you want to sort of stay out of it, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I've never been on top of the mountain, so I can't exactly talk talk on it the way that Jim can. But I, but I would say that, like, in general, if I had to sort of distill it to one little thing, I'd say that fame kind of just makes you more of what you already are, which is... Oh, exposes it? <clears throat> it just sort of exacerbates the qualities you already have, but, uh, you know, because people allow you to, to sort of 
do do certain things it's 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 a little bit dangerous because it can be you know you're you're uh you can be um it's you're sort of not there aren't the same kind of boundaries and limits set on you so you have to sort of uh put those there yourself a little bit i guess uh, you know it's do you that feel doesn't in make a way any sense no no it does i'm trying no, to it, picture it, it. it we're east coast guys right uh-huh. we're all east coast guys and a lot of times I feel like uh, we grew up a little different. Do you feel like you always fit into that sort of scene or growing up with your roughneck Boston friends sort of grounded you in a different way? Like, Because you're still just one of those guys, I bet, in your mind. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think everyone sort of feels like their their childhood in their mind. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I still feel like I'm 20. I'm 43. You know? Dude, yeah. we I struggle still, with that all I, the time. I'm 43 next month. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm like, same oh, age. fuck, yeah. But we feel like we're we're 20. But then again, yeah. Manny Pacquiao just won this weekend at the age of 40. Exactly. Thank so, you, Manny Pacquiao. I know. That's, that feels good. <laughs> He's a beast. I know. I loved it. Um, you look great, by the way. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you. Just for men. You know, I, I, I used the one with the Mexican guy on the, on the box. I know. Yeah. Just you, got a, you got a nine-year-old girl? I got a nine-year-old girl. She's sitting right behind you with headphones on. I don't want her to listen to our <laughs> smut talk. Why? <laughs> Summer why vacation. does she look so bored? Is she listening to us? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, she's playing video games. But I, that's why I brought all this stuff up, too, right. because I'm thinking you, it seems like you do make an, an actual effort, and so do I. But sometimes you can't force your kid to want to do the things that you did growing up, you know, or go outside because they want to play and do what they want to do, you know. And, and I always try to figure out that balance. So I was wondering how you do that. It's tricky to, it's tricky to, to set limits, figure out what limits you want to set, mm-hmm. you know, how you want to encourage them. and. Um, you know, it's, and it's hard not to just try to, you know, uh, when you're going through the day to day of parenting and you're just trying to keep up, you know, it's the kids are growing much faster than you think. And you're sort of this, always behind the curve a little bit, just try to figure out, you know, in real time, like what's important and what's not important. That that can be hard. You still uh, follow sports as much as you did as a kid? Yeah, when I can. You can? Who you, who I mean, you I t- used, not quite as much. I used to work at Fenway, so I was really following I know you're a Sox guy, but you also, Pat, Sox, yep. well, you're, all your Boston teams? Uh, yep. What'd yep. you do at Fenway? I sold sausages and stuff. <laughs> did you? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, how old were you then? Uh, I was in, I, I worked there from the time I was 13 to 17. Telling all the guys, I'm going to be an actor someday, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Serving sausage. Sausage at Fenway, that's awesome. All right, so let's talk about how, again, we, we sort of touched on it. In today's world especially, you know, you're at a stage, you don't want to be auditioning. I, I don't think you're too good to audition, right? Like, you'll do it if you have to. Yep. But you are in a, in a place where you're able to write and create your own content, which is awesome, right? And I, I imagine you put a lot more hard work into that, mm-hmm. a lot of more pride when it's your sort of baby, in yeah. a way. So so tell us about how this, this latest project happened and, and how it went down, what it means to you. Yeah, this is something that I wrote. I'm Again, also, light of my life. Light of my life. I wrote it. I directed it, and I am also in it. So I sort of bit off more than I could chew. But okay, it was, now I'm uh, sorry. I I, I got to know the process. Casey Affleck is here, but I I, I I don't know. Like, how the hell do you find the time, Dad? Responsibilities. <laughs> like, do you block time out? Do you have a place? Do you have an office where you go and sit there? It's so hard to put the pen to the paper and to the type. Like, yeah. How do you do that? I mean, you you just at night. You know, and when, you have they're an at, idea. when they're at school. Also, in with this project, it's a story of a father and, and a daughter. And so, you know, a lot of it just came out of the day-to-day of parenting my kids. So I would get into some, like, 
you know, they'd, they'd be having a fight with each other or I'd have some argument or conversation with them and it would spark an idea. And that night I'd go down and write a scene, you know. And so a lot of it was stuff that I was drawing on from my, my real life. So I didn't have to kind of like research or invent some whole other world and then try to create some like huge like yeah. space story or something. Right, right. You know what I mean? I was just like, my kid said something. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And go write it down. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, so how long does that process take? That one took many, many years. Actually, it shouldn't take that long. But I started writing that script about, no kidding, about 10 years ago. And it was it started with a bedtime story I told one of my kids. And then uh, I went and wrote it down because I thought it was a pretty good story. And that was the first scene that I wrote. And then from there, it just evolved very, very slowly. So you, this story that you made up, it had a beginning and, and an ending. But you then you didn't just got to fill in the dialogue? I didn't have an ending or a beginning. I just started with writing scenes that I thought were interesting between a, a, a father and a kid. I would just write that scene down and then write another one and another one. And then I slowly started to put together, okay, well, what if it starts here and ends there? And all the stuff that I already have is this, the meat in the middle. And where do you go? Again, this is some shit you just made up and it becomes real, which is so cool and so awesome. Where do you then get the sort of affirmation? Like, yeah, I like that. Or is it like from a family member? You know, where do you get the, yeah, yeah, I like it, good job, or yeah, it's going here. Do you, who do you bounce these ideas off of? Um, I, I don't talk about it too much. At I, all? Uh-uh, I just try to write it because I find that when I'm writing, if I talk about it, I don't end up doing the writing. Uh, so I would just write, and then um, when it was done, I would start to share it with people. I did share it with my kids, and that was that was either a big mistake or the best <laughs> thing that ever happened because I was writing about a father and a son, and I, and I started telling the kids about it. And they were they were like, you can't write that. Like, if you make that movie, we'll kill you. Don't because they thought it was about them. They right, like, right. Don't we don't want a movie about us. Don't write about us. <laughs> wow. So I changed it to a girl, so okay. that it wouldn't be them. Right, you know. And then it sort of then this, the whole story then took a pretty big turn. Now, when this movie comes, now you get it via film festivals. Uh-huh. What's the next step? Is the is the is the hope that the film festival everyone's like, oh my god, did you see Casey Affleck's new movie? Is the, <laughs> is is that the goal? And then all of a sudden it gets distributed other places. Is that how the the process works? Yeah, more or less. You take it to film festivals and you hope that people like it and they talk about it and write about it. And uh, I mean, the truth is, this is a very small movie, mm-hmm. and it uh, so in these days people are at home, they're watching YouTube, they're they're going to or they're going to big Avengers movies, these kind yeah. of great big studio movies. Um, they're not going out to the theater a lot to see movies like these smaller little dramas. Um, so it's very, very hard for them to get seen. So they, they open, they're in theaters for a, a week or two, and a few people go, and then they kind of go away. Now, I didn't just write this and make this because I thought it was going to be a big blockbuster. It just wasn't the intention. So I'm I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There wasn't too much kind of money. and It didn't have a big budget. People weren't going to lose all their money. Um, so I'm fine. Uh, it just put it out there and you hope that the people that might like it end up seeing it on a big screen. It would suck for people to see this movie on their phone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I hope that a few people go to the go to the theater. I know at least my mother will, so that'll, that'll be one. <laughs> but and that's it, cool, right? That's if she I, likes it, she's proud of you. That always makes you feel good. I mean, it, it used to, but then right. I would, I, I've done a few very bad movies and my mom would see them. She was like, I loved it. Oh, I was see, like, she's a okay, bad case. Now, yeah, I'm like, now I know that yeah. you're not, you're gonna just like everything. It's not a good test. Now, is that? Do you have to reconsider how you, how you strategize these things now because of how people go to the theater? Like you said, people are gonna go to the theater to see Avengers and Lion King. They're not gonna uh-huh. go see the movies like this the way they used to. Right. So, do you say, all right, maybe 
on demand and do you figure out where to distribute it differently now is that the whole strategy I'm, it is for other people yeah for i'm, other not, people. I'm you, not the distributor you're just the creative and then I, now you say yeah yeah like i'll just try to tell the best story i can give the best performance and i'm going to let other people who are smarter than i am about distribution figure out how to find an audience and look it used to be the people were like they only wanted their movies seen in theaters that's just not the world anymore yeah, everyone's watching stuff on a million different devices and Every, so. yeah everything from hulu to netflix to this to the to mm -hmm. amazon so yeah it could, it could end up anywhere eventually yeah all right we'll do uh, listen, and then man. he might end up on that big stage again having to face all those famous faces and make a speech <laughs> that sounds I like a nightmare on it. yeah you never know man you never know congratulations dude uh Thank continued you. success we're glad you stopped by uh, we're gonna check out the movie again guys it's called light of my life premieres on august 2nd correct uh yeah or august, august 9th i don't know that's August my birthday, 2nd. bro. It's a good lucky August day. 9th? August good 9th. Luck. Go hey, for it. I'm go. August 12th. Oh, there you We're go. Pretty close, Leo, oh, man. That's that it. Light of my life, Casey Affleck. Um, you guys can check it out, De definitely. And by the way, a lot of people hit us up during the interview. I'm checking the feedback. People love you in the Oceans movies. We didn't even talk about that, but All people right. say what a big fan they are. So thanks well, for being time, here. Well, next time, happy to come I, back. Yeah, I would love you to come back. All right, more Kavino and Rich. Kavino and Rich, best of the week, only on Faction Talk 103. Sasha, your friend. Asked you to help her pick out a vibrator? Yes, exactly. I I don't want to sound like a hoe, but I have one, and I've had one for a while. You don't sound like a hoe. I don't sound like a hoe. I don't. don't. Like a hoe. But I feel like I bring these stories that make me sound like a hoe. Like they're all sex it's stories. Life. But it is what it is. It's life, and it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I help my friend. It's all good. Hoes are people too. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. Um, but I guess. We were all talking about it one day, and I was like, yeah, I use mine. It's great. And she said she wanted to get one, and literally like two days later, she was like, want to go to the store with me? And we went to the store and bought one, and she was saying how she has mentioned it to her boyfriend before, and he said that he wasn't really down to get her one. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Continue. <laughs> so you're making my butthole tingle. <laughs> Wait, is everyone's butthole tingling or just oh! mine? Oh, so, man. do you use one? Do you have one? Yeah, it's in my ass right now. There it is. Okay. I right, would a guy um, use a vibrator. Go on, Sasha. I mean, I guess a guy could use a vibrator, right? Well, I guess what my question no, put, here put is. Put it on the other level, Kavino. Oh. No, su no, switch it. Switch it. The, the I'm telling you, it'll feel better. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm sorry. Let's uh, have some ounce of maturity here. <laughs> All right, so, All right. so you take your your friend is very sexually open, and I guess what you're saying, the your friend that's not so sexually open. We're talking about ass. We're talking about you a vibrator in your ass. Look, look who walks in, Jake. <laughs> Jake's like, did you call? <laughs> Jake's like, I heard you. I said we summons him with an All ass right. vibrator. All right, that's it. So. Your friend wants help. Your friend that's not so sexually adventurous, wanted, you, you decide to give her help in picking yes, out a vibrator? Yes, yes, yes. We were all talking about it, how I think it's great. We went, to the, we went to Good Vibrations, picked one out, and she was telling me how her boyfriend mentioned before, like, no, you don't need one of those. <laughs> you don't need one of those. Like, why would you get one? You don't need it. And what a lame -o. I, Okay. Why is okay. he intimidated? Oh, by the way, I'm glad you said that because I thought old school Kavina, when you were Sasha's age, you would have been like, uh, get the shit. fuck out of here. That's too much work for a guy. Bring any bring fungi, hung, hungry, hungry hippos into bed if you want. Whatever toy you want. <laughs> bring uh, Connect Four. <laughs> okay, well, that was my question. Like, okay. why is he so weirded out by it? Like, He's insecure. Is it a weird thing? As He's long insecure. as you're not sticking it up the guy's ass, he shouldn't care. 
Okay, cool. Well, whether it's a dildo or a vibrator or something. Well, I, I, I think it, it's a common thing. I, I don't yeah. think uh, he's alone. I think there's probably a lot of guys that are like, whatever. Oh, I, I can't I, do the job. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm care. wrong, but I would say eight out of eight out of ten women I've been with not only use these toys on their own, but we've they've brought them into sexual situations together with you, right? Like I said, I don't it doesn't bother me one bit because it's less work for me. I'm a lazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> so Sasha, as your email stated Guys, what are your opinions on vibrators? Um, <laughs> she loves using it and doesn't understand why the guy's against it. What do you guys think of girls who use a vibrator? Hot or an ego killer? That's the that's the, the good question there. Was it massive? The one she bought? Yeah. No, it was... Was it, was it a vibrator or was it a, uh, you know, or was it a dildo? A D- vibrator shaped like a dildo? <laughs> it's like those, those oh, rabbits. Oops, rabbit. so a rabbit. I dropped... My monster condom that I use for my <laughs> magnum dong. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah like, um, if you don't have a magnum dong, now you're competing with this yeah. magnum toy. I feel like the rabbit is a very twenty-something-year-old girl thing that they have. I think a That's lot of I think, I think right? yeah, I think a lot of women. Yeah, uh, I was intimidated by that because that thing rotated and spun around. My wiener can't do that. I oh, no, my, mine does. Oh, mine, mine your does. head spins? My, 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 yeah, my, my, my penis has four, uh, up and down and sideways action. You're so lucky. Yeah, I know. That's why, yeah, that's why I'm the fuck master. Hey, um, <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I'm not saying women outside their 20s, but I think a lot of women in their 20s really dive into the whole, I have a rabbit. Like, I feel like that's like a like very toot and common for a woman to do that. Now, I think as women get older and you're in relationships, I feel like the little vibrating egg type of thing is really just, uh, it's like you're John Stockton in bed. It's going to assist you every time. <laughs> it's like you're fucking Russell Westbrook. I have a Russell Westbrook. See, see, vibrating huevos. It'll, uh, any anytime, anytime you're in different positions or doing different things with your girl or a girl you've dated, if she breaks out the little vibrating egg, she may, that might just be help you. You might be getting multiple orgasms out of that scenario, and then, you look like the man. You feel like the man, and her, her having a little toy in there—that does—that's not an ego killer. That's just called yeah. having a sexual, healthy I hate when you, relationship. I hate when you have to apologize when you're done. Like it's nicer when everyone's <laughs> when happy. You have to apologize. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Is there something a woman could break out in bed that you'd say, "Ah, I'm not cool with that." I'm cool with the little buzzy thing. I'm cool with the rabbit. I'm cool with this. I'm cool with that. I think there's a like, limit. Like, I think if there's like one or two little things, that's kind of normal behavior. When they start pulling out like all these other weird things, you're like, oh, fuck. It's, a, it's more of a fetish. Like a bat. Yeah. Like, it was that bat <laughs> thing. Wait, what is that thing? And like, oh, and when you don't know what these things do and you're like, oh, I don't know. Then I think she's like a little, like, she might be more sexually advanced than you're willing to be. Like, if there's more, like that, that's, I would be freaked out. Like, wait, hold on. Wait, you want to, what? For me? No, 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 no. Uh-uh. No, I'm just going to put your dick in this little cage. Like, you can put my dick in a cage? No. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, no thanks. Man, then we're going to tie your balls. No, right. That thing? What's that for? It's for your balls? No, uh-uh. 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 <laughs> I don't see. I see, like, I, when too many toys come out of the, the treasure chest. I'm sorry, the pleasure <laughs> the chest. The pleasure chest. <laughs> the pleasure chest. I'm um, not into that. Nipple clamps. Would you guys be weirded out if you were hooking up with a new girl and she wanted you to put nipple clamps fuck on her? No. Oh, no. on her? I don't, I don't no. give a fuck. No. 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 I've never had that, though. Never. No. I have a gross story that I'm c- contemplating telling. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. This is why, this is why I came in here, Rich. I knew there was a gross story coming. Oh, I can't wait uh, Can't wait. Uh, silence. Radio silence because Rich can't be quiet. 
I'll tell it in a second. I might. But, (laughs) but, all right. If a girl broke out nipple clamps, yes or no? You say, yeah, I don't care. Right. Not you're, for me. You're, you're, you're clicking through Pornhub and you see those girls that are like their legs and arms and everything's tied down yeah. and they just want to be like, like their legs yeah. and arms are all like both like, not like just yeah, tied yeah, down. Absolutely. I'm talking like yeah. almost like in devices and like some guys like using toys on them and they, they're they like, bondage. I remember some girl asked bondage. me, some girl like, asked like, me if but I had like bondage clamps. on like a next level yeah. and it's like, Jesus. Archie's way into that. <laughs> My mom kept wondering where her uh, clothespins were. I was like, mom, I needed them. <laughs> I'm cheap like that, Sasha. For, for, no, I, for nipples or not clean girl. Right. <laughs> what, what was it? Steven, where are all my clothespins? <laughs> Sorry, mom. This girl stinks and she wants her nipples clipped. <laughs> I need three. This was back. <laughs> this was back in the day. Your no. dad's tidy whities are on the backyard uh, ground. Yep. Oh. No, I've I never, need my clothespins. I've never had to deal with any of that. All right. I had taken a six-month break from a girl I was dating. There was a girl I dated for a long time. And down the block from my apartment was a Starbucks. And I just started small-talking to some girl at the Starbucks. Like, I was in line, literally just small-talk. Like, hey, what's going on? It's nice out today. Yes, it is nice out today. Oh, you live around here? Yeah, I live around here. I live down the block at the, uh, you know, the Jersey City Terrace. You know, she's like, oh, my God, I live across the street from that building. I'm like, I never see her in here. We should hang sometime. But get a cup of coffee or a drink. I was just flirting it up. Nothing really that interesting. It's like, okay. I get a text from her randomly one night. Not even one night. I remember because it was daylight. Like on a random afternoon. Like, what are you doing? It's like, I don't know. Maybe we'll get that cup of coffee now. She goes, all right, I'll swing by your apartment first. I was like, swing by my apartment first. And you're, I'm thinking what you're thinking, like. Swing by your apartment. Swing for, by your apartment. I'm thinking, swing by my apartment before we get a cup of coffee? Yeah. Is she like sort of just proposing like some type of afternoon delight? Literally, when I say my only interaction with this girl, this is before social media. This is early 2000s. So I'm thinking, maybe she wants something. <laughs> you're thinking you got to scrub your balls. I think I was like, I do. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what I did. Yeah. But I was like, maybe she just wants a cup of coffee and she's going to, maybe she wants to see my apartment. But that's ridiculous. I'm not naive like Spot. When a girl says, let me come to your apartment, right? She so comes up to my apartment, like immediately starts being like touchy. So, d- truth be told, I mean, since I'm not calling the girl out by name, I'm, I'm still a gentleman telling this story. So, we start making out. You keep telling yourself that. Yeah. We, we start making out and she immediately, like, Pulls out a strap on. No. She, <laughs> no. She immediately just decides to start blowing me. Yeah. And I was like, for real? And I was all happy. And she stops after doing this for a few minutes. And she goes, is there anything here you could use on me? I'm like, use on you? Like, So picture this. She's laying on the bed. She's laying on the bed and I'm I'm standing. Does that make sense? You're looking around. Yeah, you're looking around. That, do you understand the position I'm saying? Like, so I'm standing. She's laying across the bed. So I'm uh, I'm getting like I'm a I'm sta- I'm standing like fucking Superman, and she's laying on the bed. And I was like, I have anything? I'm like, does she mean like a vibrator or something? I go into a drawer I have, and I'm like, oh my god, my ex girlfriend. Your your box oh smut. My ex girlfriend left like a a buzz like a vibrating dildo here. A used one. But I'm like. This is an ex-girlfriend. This is pretty gross. 
And I go, I don't really have anything. I'm like, one of my exes left stuff here. She's like, it's fine. So I take this, I take this buzzy, like this, literally like a buzzing vibrator, like a dildo out of a drawer I have. The buzz buzzard. It's the buzz buzzard. Oh, it's the big one. And I, and I go, I'll be right back. And I was like, going to go like wash it or something, right? It's, it's an fine. And she goes, it's fine. Whoa. Whoa. And, and I remember, I remember. Dirt alert. And I remember. <laughs> and you ran, right? Using this. Ran, I remember right? using no, this no. on her being like, this is like an ex-girlfriend. It's like, she doesn't care. And then let's just say we both finish off our fun. And she's like, do you want to still get a cup of coffee? And I remember that being what? like the most she's awkward. No. That was like the most awkward caramel macchiato I ever had in my life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like, never saw the girl again. Never saw her again, but I just remember. Speaking of sex toys, I don't what know about the ever, story I don't know where the girl ever... asked if you could pull out. Do you have any toys? And you said you got an Alf stuffed animal. How come? You, no, I thought that no, was the story you were going to no. tell. No, but I, I hate sharing that funny story. It makes me seem sleazy. But I was like in my early twenties. But I remember th- you, uh, we don't. T- we haven't talked about sex toys in like a long time. But I just remember that popped in my mind. I'm thinking, really? Okay. He never saw her again. Never saw her again. Jesus, I think you got used. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you pay for the coffee? I think I did. Then he totally got used. Yep. She, she used you for coffee <sighs> and sex. You're listening to the Cavino and Rich Best of the Week podcast. Want to hear more? Tune in to Cavino and Rich live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and catch them 24 7 on demand with the Sirius XM app. Not a Sirius XM subscriber? Sign up now at SiriusXM.com. Cavino and Rich, only on Sirius XM's Faction Talk 103.